This episode is brought to you by Plantronics Gaming. Who are you? I'm no one. let it in she says uh today is what is today thursday the uh 17th 17th december 2015 this is the gap bonus episode we're talking about star wars today um just a heads up if you've not seen star wars the force awakens it's probably a good idea not to continue listening to this no no we can't stress this enough you like we have to be very fucking particular here. If you haven't seen The Force Awakens, we are going to spoil it with glee. Okay, we're we're not going to muck around here. Uh, we we've seen it twice. Uh, we feel strongly about a lot of it, and uh, we're not going to fuck around here. So if you haven't seen it, don't listen on. Okay, especially considering Luke and I went in cold as fuck right like nate went in nate went in knowing as much as he could yeah he was on like the fan sites <laughs> reading everything there was to know about I it i think he was you were pouring over the <laughs> script pages weren't you nate? yeah i don't know this- context we just started with a with a trailer that you guys probably haven't actually seen never seen before i would assume 99.9 percent of people who are listening to this right now I've seen it. It is, as far as I'm aware, the third trailer, and that's chronological. I'm not going to split hairs between teaser and trailer. It was the third official release of Star Wars The Force Awakens footage. So the first one was that really weird teaser with like this, uh, the voiceover from what sounds like a bad guy. Uh, the second was the Luke voiceover, and the third was what we just started with, which was kind of more of a trailer... Um, with 
Maz, Maz, I believe, doing most of the voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so if, if you haven't seen it, stop the podcast, <laughs> go watch the movie because everybody else in the world is. Yep. Uh, come back, have a listen, see what our thoughts are. Um, but we're I'm, dissecting, right? We're here to dissect. That's here, it. We've We've seen it twice well you've seen it three times right. Nathan. Uh, yes. by the way let's go on i'm luke laurie job is here nathan nachos justice lawrence is also with us we're already tonight. into the spoilers we're into we're into uh the spoilers we're on skype tonight this is something a bit different we're trying um yep but uh hopefully the audio is okay and everything's working good but otherwise we got to talk star wars for a while we've we've seen it twice nathan's seen it three times in the last like it hasn't been out for 24 hours yet um it hasn't, uh, no. So <laughs> we, we're going to dive right into it and, and talk about our feelings. We've been hanging out pretty much all day uh, at at the pub, drinking, yep. talking <laughs> about it for the last seven hours. Yep. So we thought we'd put it on audio and then go from there. Why not? We told you guys we'd do it as a bonus app and, uh, you know, that's how we're rolling. So, uh, yeah. Shut up, Nate. That's how we're rolling. Rolling. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the homeless man at Holly Jacks again. It's a Limp Bizkit song. Keep rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's jump into it. Let's jump in from the fucking beginning, okay? Um, we literally just watched the trailer, the third trailer. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I've never seen that trailer before. Like Nate was saying, I assume you haven't, Luke. It's not uh, what I expected it to be. It... <laughs> I didn't see anything that, obviously, I didn't see anything that was a surprise, although I did hear some stuff that I had. You did hear in the movie. Yes. But, um, it, it brought, it brought to the surface a whole bunch of feelings that the movie brought for me, which is, I guess, what you want from a fucking trailer, right? Like, I wonder if it would have been the same way if I'd watched it in reverse, if I watched the trailer first and and the movie second, but yeah. Um I watched it's a hell of a trailer. I watched the uh the teaser trailer. Uh yeah. That's really First interesting one. because yeah, there's not much of the footage from the film in that teaser. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of starts with uh Finn standing up in the desert, doesn't it? And it's yeah. a really long shot, and that's yeah, the yeah, actual... Yeah, which wasn't... Yeah, they cut that down. Yeah, they cut that right down. Um, there's some scenes with... Uh, there's some scenes later on, like in the forest, um, where they're supposed to be fighting. Um, like over... Like a behind-the-back view of uh, Kylo Ren, and that doesn't really happen at all yeah. in the film. That's a really powerful shot because that's where we get to see the uh, the, the lightsaber, yeah, yeah. Um, controversial cross guard lightsaber for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Just, just yeah. a few other scenes in there that I, I just watched quickly. I was like, wow, that, a lot of this stuff is not actually in the movie. They've they've cut it out, but or maybe they they filmed it for that. But um, I thought that the the lightsaber, like the first time you see the cross guard in that, uh, was probably a really powerful image that you don't see in the film. Maybe because it's something that's quite late in the piece yeah maybe i think so i think so i mean obviously you see it actually you do see it quite early yeah specifically uh on jakku the but, opening um, scene pretty much but uh the the essence of it isn't really brought to bear until 
basically the end of the film on the uh, on the Star Killer when um when he's fighting against what's his face Finn Finn um yeah and and the uh, yeah it's it's so much more impactful at that point and I think that uh until then it just seems look. I think there are always going to be people who look at that lightsaber as dumb, right? Like, it's going to be... McClory. Perhaps, yeah. Like, it's going to be this this what? sort of... You weren't uh, a fan of the crossguard, were you? You weren't. No, you weren't a fan of the crossguard. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of the crossguard, to be honest. I mean, like... Not, I wasn't not a fan of it either, but I wasn't like, oh yeah, that to- makes total sense. Oh, they finally made a broadsword or a lightsaber. It's a fucking laser sword, right? Like, I, I don't need, I don't think it needs to have a fucking crossguard, considering the people who wield it also wield space magic. But uh, it puts, look, it winds up making sense. In the scope of the film, I, I guess we'll get to that a bit later because we're, we're jumping all the way to the end, aren't we? Yeah, but just to touch on that, not just the scope of the film, but all, like all the films, like we've had, we've had Luke had his hands cut off. We've had we we're talking about today in like episode three or something where Count Dooku gets his arms cut off. Like it seems to be a problem, <laughs> and he's trying to fix that. Right? Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah, people lose their fucking limbs in the Star Wars universe. Two lightsabers, a lot. But at the same time, I don't know if the crossguard is necessarily the solution. Yeah, right. yeah for, for me, from the, the first teaser that Luke was talking about, the, um, and seeing that lightsaber for the first time, I, I understand, like, they're trying to do something new. I guess, first and foremost, which was what Darth Maul's lightsaber was yeah. in the prequel trilogy, which was a very simple idea of, like, we've got two lightsabers back-to-back. But not just that, but that a guy who, um, <clears throat> Ray Park, the uh, actor, or the stuntman, I guess. Yeah, say, actor played, slash stuntman, yeah. Yeah, who didn't even do the voice of Darth Maul, because his voice is like, hey, mate, you got a buck? Like, <laughs> chav. Um, they've got, a like, a proper... Actually, the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy who said, what a bunch of a-holes, and then gets crushed at the end of his ship, is the voice of Darth Maul. Um, mm. And he's got an amazing, amazing voice. But they're trying to do something new instead of, you know, how do we just have, like, a different hilt? It's not that exciting, or a different color. Eh, they did something different. But for me, when I saw it, I was like... That looks cool for a variety of reasons. Um, like, it's a giant cross, for starters, which to me was like the Crusades. I'm like, okay, so there's some sort of fucking religious shit going on here. Like, there's like some sort of weird holy war shit. And that's me reading into a, what was it, like a 60-second teaser. Yeah. And I guess it, in a way it kind of proved to be true because Adam Driver, the guy who plays Kylo Ren, uh when asked, like, what's it like to play an evil character, he said, I never saw him as evil, I saw him as someone who believed that what he was doing was right, which to me sounds totally fundamentalist, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in this day and age, you know, like, after watching the movie, and I'm I'm sure on certain spoilers that we'll touch on later, this guy is bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's legit bad news, but... Upon, you know, and, and people started dissecting the idea of the cross guard as a practical defensive thing, which was to defend the hands, 
but then it, um, we're getting nerdy here, but like it had bits of metal that were coming out from the sides, which meant that if the blade sliced down, it would cut the point at which the blade was extending for the cross guard, so it kind of was redundant. And then there was people suggesting different ways that you can make the cross guard work. But for me, the best explanation that I found early on, and again, not something that's supported by the film, and not something that is necessarily canon, but the idea that this is a homemade lightsaber by a guy who's not properly trained yep. in a world that is post-Jedi Order, post-Sith even, with people who have Force powers but don't have the know-how. You know, they're looking for answers, they're looking for truth, they're looking for training, um, and they're kind of winging it. And when you see the lightsaber, when you hear the lightsaber, it's it, it sounds unstable. It yeah. looks unstable. It looks like at any point that it might just fucking break and <laughs> a, a, the other lightsaber could come through it and just cut his head off. Mm. So I'd like what that says about his character. Um, and again, that's, that's the explanation for me that made sense. And that's, again, by no means something that's supported by dialogue or a scene in the movie. Yeah. But I liked it. I like how it looks and I like that logic for um, how it works. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's like five minutes on the lightsaber. <laughs> just on, just on the lightsaber and in the on the lightsaber in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna so, be a um, little while. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Uh, let's start. Let's start the fucking film, shall we? So we start Star Wars: The Fork, Fork, The Force Awakens, <laughs> The Fork of Pokin, The Fork of Pokins. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we start on Jakku with uh, the pilots, Poe. Come on, name. Dameron. Dameron. Um, and it's it's almost generic the way it starts. I mean, I actually the my immediate reaction to the way um, Poe was talking was, oh god. He is hamming the shit up already, and this is literally his first line. <laughs> I was concerned. Hmm. Um, but I think the moment that that changes is when you see the stormtroopers come in, and you've got them inside of that dropship, and the lights are going, and you're like, "All right, this we've not seen this in a Star Wars before, like the yeah. flashing lights and like." It's, it seems a lot darker and a lot, a lot edgier. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. That's the real intro. Yeah. Like, it starts with the Storm... Uh, sorry, the Star Destroyer, or whatever it's called, over the planet, and then a couple of ships coming out, and we cut to the interior hmm. of these landing crafts. So we're like, what the fuck? Why are we following stormtroopers in a Star Wars movie? They're the bad guys. Yeah. And then we go to what we assume is our hero, but, you know, we later discover is kind of very, very secondary to two other characters, one of whom starts out as a stormtrooper. Right. And, like, Oscar Isaacs, look, history will prove me correct, I am sure, (laughs) but he misses his fucking cue for his first line. I am 100%, like, convinced of this. Um, And... And it, like, for me, 
the rest of it sort of <laughs> sets the tone for the for the rest of that scene until suddenly it's stolen back again by Finn and and Finn as he bends over his fallen stormtrooper comrade like it's that is formative for the rest of the film it is mm. perfect it's not perfect for reminding us like it's not until then that you remember that there is one guy in the Stormtrooper dropship as the film starts that seems sort of nervous when the rest of them seem solid. The rest of them seem like possibly clones. And suddenly he, yeah, he, I mean, like filmmaking 101, obviously the moment he gets fucking wiped in the face, uh, he gets marked and you're like, oh, suddenly I can very easily distinguish that guy. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why that might be. But uh, ignoring that, like, they they play it so well. And then, you know, you get the introduction of Kylo Ren and the impact of, the impact of so many of these things weren't... It won't come into play until so much later, but they introduce them. They introduce it so early um, that I felt I felt it was really well done. I mean, it introduced Jakku as a shitty fucking planet on the same level as Tatooine. Um, it introduced shit in Poe as a as a unlucky but a heroic character. Uh, it introduced Finn as a, you know, he didn't save the cat, but uh, he also didn't actively try to murder anyone. And, BB-8. Sorry? BB-8? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He introduced BB-8 as a, as our resident R2-D2 uh, analog. And, and, an, and an easy replacement without you going, hang on. R2 was better. Yeah. Which is interesting because we, we talked earlier about Poe being kind of like a Han Solo replacement. True. Which he set up, you know, because Star Wars, the original trilogy, had uh, C-3PO, I guess, primarily, and R2, but you never really understood what R2 said except through C-3PO's responses mm-hmm. as comic relief. Yeah. And you had occasional little moments of comedy from the other ones, but consistently Han Solo was funny. Yeah. It was funny because he was basically like Indiana Jones, the beater. He, he was, you know, I reckon that in the first draft of the script, they basically made him say, I don't know kid. I'm making this up as I go along. Yeah. Which is like my favorite line from Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. He basically says that line in another way. <laughs> yeah. Awesome because Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire, who wrote Jedi, who wrote fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark, wrote that line for Harrison Ford in, you know, Raiders. Yeah. Um, and is doing a similar thing. And, and I guess kind of acknowledging that, and for me, it never made sense that Harrison loves Indiana Jones, but he never loved Han Solo in the same way. And I'm like, dude, they're kind of similar. They're not the same, but it's not a bad thing. Like... Yeah, you've got a shtick, and in other films you've proven that you have diversity, but 
as far as like classic iconic action films go that transcend ages your shtick is fine and and for star wars he wasn't the main character you know luke skywalker was the main character in the force awakens he's not the main character he's a fucking show stealer my god in every scene that he's in he's I have never seen Harrison Ford having so much fun. Well, he's got yeah. top billing as well on that. That's true, yeah. He, d- he did get top billing, but... I mean, I'm sure that just comes with also getting paid more than literally everyone, everyone else, else on yeah. the film. That's right. He's like, yeah, my name will be at the top. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, ten times more but yeah, if we look at Poe as a supposed replacement for Han... A theoretical replacement of Han. He never gets the opportunity in The Force Awakens to establish himself as that. I mean, he is he's charismatic in the sort of George Clooney manner, but Unless I, Finn is Finn Han. You reckon? Well, it gets complicated because if you start bringing gender into it, you know, the first one was uh, the, you know, loner orphan which I guess has to be Ray, right? Yep. yep. But then you can't easily attribute the princess mm. to anyone. But if you just take her, I guess, um, persona and her, her skill set, she's she's competent. Yes, she has been captured. Sheltered she, and... She knows her shit. Yep. She doesn't mind standing up in the face of adversity. So that's actually not Finn because he's a bit of a coward to start with. But if you say, yeah, sheltered and capable, then yeah. you've got Leia. Uh, and but who does that apply to in The Force Awakens? So if the, if, because a lot of the film, and I feel like what we're getting at here is it, it's replicating what's done in The New Hope. Sure. Like, so overall... Trying to match characters to characters, then Ray has to be Luke. Yeah. But that creates a problem for determining who is the Leia and who is the Han. I don't think there's there's matches there. I think they've just gone for their own their own I... separate characters. Okay. I, I, I looked at it as well. I was like, Poe is going to be the Han Solo, but then they're completely different. I, I like, yeah. There's there's little bits and pieces in each of them that kind of. There's a lot of one-liners, and I feel like Han was great, but he also has a lot of the best lines. Yeah. Uh, in the original tri- like I know as a response to I love you oh definitely is like probably my favourite retort to a romantic gesture in cinematic history we were leaving the cinema and uh, my wife was saying the one thing she wanted to happen was uh, when when uh, Leia and Han were split like leaving each other for the mission at the end uh, she wished that uh, Han had responded with uh, I love you and Leia had said I know and that would have been something special but uh, I think it might have might have tread on a few too many toes considering she's already said it mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi sure oh of course of course and they already did the uh, she doesn't the, need the to say puzzle. it over and over and over again but uh it would have been, I mean, for a film that was literally a retreading, it would have been a fantastic reminder mm. of the relationship between the two. Because, I mean, fuck, 
Damn, we're way ahead of each other. We're, we're way ahead of ourselves. We're still on fucking Jack. For fuck's sake. Uh, what, I'll, what I'll say <laughs> about the start of that, that film is that, like, I think it sets a tone in terms of, like, what's to come. You see your first, like, you were talking before about being marked. Like, like you see blood. Like, how often do you see blood in a, in a Star Wars film? Uh, and just, like, smeared across a guy's face. Um, and then going from that to stormtroopers just wasting innocent civilians like uh, i think it sets the tone in terms of what's different in in terms of these guys compared to the last the last three films um yeah. like the stormtroopers were was like kind of silly uh police cops space police cops that couldn't hit anything whereas this time they're very uh violent and uh, and accurate. And accurate. <laughs> yeah. Much more accurate, yes. Yeah, and organized and like actually seem like a real a force instead yeah. of instead of uh bumbling shit AI fools who you shoot through. Yeah, like a real Goons. Yeah. Uh, Cannon fodder. Yeah. Red AI shots. obstacles. Hmm. So uh we move on to the scavenger. Yeah, Are you gotta go from there. Just, just blast through. What? What? What do you want to move on to? Uh, onto the ship? As, uh, as I think, I think you've actually got to go back to the opening crawl. Go on. Because as I mean, you guys haven't watched the trailers, um, and again, I'm working on the assumption that most people listen to this have the trailers and the poster had fucking nothing about Luke Skywalker, and yet the opening line of the crawl is Luke Skywalker is missing. Sure. So immediately it's positioned as uh, a film that is about more than anything. The, Finding Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess by the end it, it kind of explores, but for most of it, even though they're, tr- they think they're doing that, it's not really about this exploration hmm. for Luke and nor is it explored why it's so important me you know what i think it is because i i think if you look at the film as it exists and not as as it is pitched um i think it's more about the mythology that the original trilogy created because uh at the end of the day right uh they're more they're, they're super interested in like every time you meet one of the new characters like uh like uh fucking what's his name now i've forgotten everyone's name ray or uh or finn and you like they say you know luke we need to find like it's got a map to luke skywalker or uh your han solo or something like that it, it winds up being this oh my god are you han solo the general slash the smuggler I like are we is Hans is Luke Skywalker real? I thought he was always just a myth. And and it sort of sets up that that in this universe the actions in the previous three Star Wars films were the source of actual mythology, which often takes like actual like generations to build but so uh so critically desperate are the people in this universe for some source of hope that they will cling to anything 
to give them a source of of mythology. It's a, a source of hope, and the hope is like a recurring theme, obviously, throughout the Star Wars theor- like series. And so, it's it's again one of those things that pops up. You know, oh, we've got to search for Luke, even if we never specifically find him or only find him until a single helicopter shot at the end uh, <laughs> um like it's it's one of those very important things to everyone involved because of the mythology involved and like mythology winds its way into everything in this like mythology and belief is key to the concepts that drive uh, a force awakens i think in my opinion like ignoring the force itself which is obviously an analog for fucking bible magic um <laughs> it is let's face it uh well, like, ignoring that that is obviously uh you know fucking very basic religious shit uh there is still a mythology around everything else that the other people did in this fucking series the people that didn't have fucking space magic and, and I think, yeah, that's that's what it establishes very early. The fucking crawl is a misdirect in and of itself because it tells you that it's going to be about finding Luke, but it winds up being about him being the the key source of hope in the film. And as they begin to search for him, that that's what drives them the entire time. And I think it's I think it's important for a fucking film that's supposed to be part of a trilogy, ultimately, because they couldn't fucking look. We'll get to it eventually, but uh, they couldn't they couldn't give too much Luke away. I think they could have given more than they did, but uh, they couldn't give too much Luke away. Yeah, too early. Milk and, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and so they they did it the way they did, I suppose. But yeah, I, I think I think you're right to drag us back to the opening crawl because it is fucking important, and we did skip over it. I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie, right? Like, consider like if if the reason I talk about hope as one of the key fucking concepts of this film is because, like. I teared up in this film a bunch of times because it oh yeah it played me like a fucking fiddle. But the first time I teared up was in that crawl when I was like, "Holy shit!" I get to see a new fucking Star Wars, and I am hopeful about it again. It was the it's the first time I've been hopeful about a fucking Star Wars film in like a decade or some shit, right? Like. More than a decade. How long has it been since fucking episode one? 99. Was it 2001 or something? Was it? 99. 99. Yeah. Fucking 16 years. But I have hope again, right? Like, suddenly I have hope that... And it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful to have hope that Star Wars might be amazing again because I have fucking spectacular memories about watching fucking Star Wars. And that's that's what the opening crawl represented to me was this hope. This hope that starts anew. And that's fucking awesome, man. Like, 
there were no mentions of uh, tax. There's no fucking mentions of <laughs> tax. Reform. Tax reform. And, uh, Senate, politics. Senate uh, hearings. Blockade. Fucking... <laughs> all that shit. And look, I'm as upset as anyone is that they didn't mention those politics. key elements. <laughs> Yeah, Political drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Political like, I was, space. I was opera. hoping for a house of cards in space. Uh... <laughs> space. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, look. If we if we roll back to the fucking opening crawl, which is detrimental considering we still haven't made it out of the first fucking scene. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you're on point, man. Like. I was filled with hope, and that's how I feel about the entire film. After looking at it from the end backwards, like, I was definitely looking, watching it for the first time. I was watching it thinking, uh, they opened saying they were looking for Luke. When the fuck is he going to show up, right? Uh, but if I look at it from watching it a second time, I'm on board. I'm well on board. Mm. They, they also end it with like and they're getting help from an old friend and then they don't really explain what that is yeah like it's a key point of that actual yep. crawl but who is that person and what does he do like does that get explored in some other films or like where does that where does that come from I thought it was was a bit interesting the second time watching it sure I don't remember that bit of the opening crawl what was the line yeah going to it Luke uh, it was just like the last thing was um, one of their best pilots went oh, to go oh. seek help from their old, from an old friend. Uh, dot, yeah. dot, dot, dot. And then you open with, with Max Von. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah. And I, I guess that's him. That's the old friend. But it doesn't really explain why. Yeah, I'll, I'll be 100% honest. Uh, I thought he was um, part of the Galactic Senate. And when they opened, I thought they were going to start talking about tax reforms. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, Pope, have you paid your like, taxes? Yes. Yes. Fucking exactly finally. Fucking get rid of the action. More tax talk. <laughs> <laughs> finally, we're on a desert planet and we're going to talk fucking real tax reform. And that motherfucker is squandered. He is. Max von Sydow is fucking wasted in this film. He has some of the most boring lines ever. Isn't he only in it for like 10 seconds? Yeah, delivered incredibly because he's an old man with an amazing, I've been drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes voice. uh, And obviously has that gravitas. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're just like, fuck yeah, Max von Sydow, what? (laughs) And he's dead. (laughs) He's just... On the other hand, though, he does have 401,000 times more lines than Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Give or take. Like, that has a adjustment of uh, error for, like, plus or minus one. So, uh... <laughs> If you times zero by 400,000, you still get zero. I yeah. said it has an adjustment for error of plus or minus one, so... Fuck you. <laughs> so Luke, yeah, Luke doesn't talk, in case you weren't aware. Uh, which is also probably the weirdest scene. What are you doing? With a, a, chill out. Don't let me <laughs> organizing. 
I'm oh. talking now, and I've decided to flap all of my microphones. It's an earthquake in his house or something. Yeah. Um, oh. All right. So moving on from that part. Uh, okay. Drop that down. Yeah. Just. Push. What'd you think of the magic bread? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, okay. I want to eat it. Yeah. Delicious. What do you think it tastes like? Um, space pizza or it's <laughs> the chicken. Cheers. Everything tastes Next like chicken. <laughs> Uh, you couldn't pay me to put it in my face, to be uh, honest. I don't know about that, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, I'm pretty poor, but, um, <laughs> like, we'd have to, we'd have to fucking negotiate, I think. I'd find out what your minimum was, like, and then I'd fucking push it higher, definitely. 20 cents. <laughs> <laughs> 20 whole cents. 22. 2015 coin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, uh, like, what was, they didn't show us what else she was eating. Was that, that was the, it. that was it, yeah. Was that the quarter portion? No, no, she scraped something out of a fucking tray. I guess it was food, and then she was eating that weird grey jelly shit. Like, right? Like it, looked, a, it looked like, uh, like seaweed or something. Yeah, but the bread thing looked better than the seaweed. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I like that she was trading shit for food, but... I didn't like that I didn't know what was a lot or a little of the food. She was getting, like, last week, this was a... They, they were a half portion each. And and it was like, why didn't you just hold on to them then? Like, yeah. Or compared to what? <laughs> like, what is, like... What is our point of comparison for whatever a quarter? Like, What's the economy on this off. planet? Yeah, Look, you're getting ripped off. What I need to know, okay, like the tax. Yeah, I just want to know if there's going to be tax reform <laughs> on Jack. <laughs> so, when will there be a Senate hearing on Jacku? <laughs> what I read about the backstory of Jacku, which is what I choose to believe is cool, is that it was literally a, a desolate planet abandoned. Until the battle, a couple of years after Return of the Jedi happened. In Battlefront. Right. Yeah, in Battlefront. Um, that meant that there was a shitload of shit to salvage there. So people came there to salvage, yep. to sell those parts to whomever, and that's how... Why was the there a battle there, there then? Oh, because the fleet was, like, chilling out there because there's nothing there. Like, the Imperial fleet was hiding there in the Rebels' corner. Why were they chilling there? Because there's nothing there. They're hiding. So they would hide in a place that's in the outer rim. It has an atmosphere and... And... I don't don't know. Was that it? (laughs) It has an atmosphere? No, no. Okay, they're not, like, living on the planet. They're, like, a fleet there. So it's just a coincidence that it had an atmosphere. No, it's a a convenience. (laughs) Uh, I think uh, one of those sure. uh, Man of Steel terraforming machines ended up <laughs> today. Does uh, Disney own DC? Yep. 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 Uh, <laughs> Give it time. It was a, it was a shit one because it was set a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So exactly. They never really worked out how to make anything other than sand. <laughs> and like, it's magic, Joe. We can crush fucking rocks. We got this. Anything else? Nah. Nah. But yes. Yeah. And she was, uh, Ray was abandoned there, which I think is, uh, an important point that you should not expect to get answers for in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
at all. Oh no. JJ Abrams at his finest. She has crazy abandonment issues, which is understandable. Yep. Uh, but we don't know why or who. We can speculate, but yeah, we, we you don't get those answers. Yep. Uh, one of the things I liked about this entire section were the shots. The the long shots of uh obviously, you know, computer generated or et cetera, et cetera. But um of like, you know, Ray sitting against a fallen ACAT or um you know, the fucking Star Destroyer shit. And like they I thought they did a really good job of capturing that sentiment of a broken war ground, like a battleground that people have come onto to find what they can. And uh and that's one of the things that yeah, I th- I thought they did a really good job of establishing through Shots that, I don't know, I, I wonder, I do wonder a little bit if I might not feel the same way if I wasn't such a fan of the series, you know? Like, maybe those shots would have felt a bit hollow. Maybe I'd be like, oh, cool, Quantum of Solace, another fucking sandy shot of fucking some bullshit with a fucking big giant robot falling over or some bullshit. Right, like Nathan, no, but it was, it was, <laughs> he's getting it was, excited. Nathan, it was desolate. Yeah, no, I, I definitely That's agree. I just wonder part. if I my characterizing totally, right. man, like totally. Like she's fucked. She's alone. She lives in an ATAT by herself. She has her shit bread and her shit rations, and then she puts on a fucking Rebel Alliance helmet yeah. to like fantasize about flying the fuck away I'm assuming <laughs> and then goes and collects salvage and sleeps repeat like her life is doesn't not- sleep oh doesn't sleep yes of course as we learn later uh, yeah her life fucking sucks yeah thanks for the pep talk coach you're welcome uh- <laughs> yeah but but she's hell bent on staying there because she feels that her family's coming back yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It, it is good. Like, I 100% agree with you on all of these parts. But I was, I guess I was putting it in the perspective or trying to look at it from the perspective of someone who was coming into this movie fresh, which I suppose is semi-idiotic considering it is technically the seventh film in the series. But... It's like starting with Fast and Furious 7. Right. <laughs> Is it, though? Okay. No, no, That's probably the worst example. <laughs> it's like starting with uh, The Hobbit 3. The Magnificent yeah. 7. No, 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 no. That's not how those movies work. Hateful uh, <laughs> 8. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so... I thought I thought Jackie I thought they characterized Jackie really well in my opinion like not in the sense as I was just saying of a person who hadn't ever seen if you hadn't seen the films before you would just see a big sandy desert but for people who are coming in uh knowing Star Wars 
did a really good job of establishing literally everything Nathan said about her, about her shitty fucking life. And, uh, yeah, they, they fucking nailed it, man. Like, yeah, I thought, I, I thought they really attached me to the character. They established her as our Luke, as our hard. What? Hard. Like they did that pretty yeah. heavily. Yeah. As our, as our just sort of, she's got to get out. She's got nothing keeping her here or anything like that sort of thing. But she did though, which was her family coming back because she and, kept wanting to go the fuck back. And that that was her. That was the curious irony. Like for anyone watching, she had nothing keeping her there. Yeah. Fuck, sorry. Uh, anything anyone watching, she had nothing keeping her there. But uh, for herself, like her separate motivation was was that she needed to be there for the inevitability in her mind of her family going back and. And I thought that was really, really fucking good. And then she meets Finn, and uh, fuck, like the meeting between Finn and and uh, Ray right. was like well on point. Like I, you know, he's trying to drink out of the same trough as a space hippo, and <laughs> and you're like, oh, you comic relief character. And then he turns around, and he's like, oh, I've got to save the princess or whatever the fuck and so uh, he fucking he starts to sprint over and she winds up being fully capable herself and kicks the shit out of him as well and kicks the shit out of him man it's fucking thief. <laughs> fantastic and then the, you know they got banter between the two of them like you know you're the one who chased me down and hit me with a stick or whatever the fuck it was and like perfect really well done and yeah, I was I was on board. I was sort of I was still tentative. Like I say, I I teared up in the fucking in the opening scroll, and I did, but I managed to fucking tamper my excitement until about this moment, basically, when they decided to team up, and I'm like, okay. Okay, I, I I think they've they're gonna do this properly. I I mean I'm disappointed to not see anything about tax reform, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're on point with this shit. And yeah. uh, the tax might come later. Yeah, hopefully the tax reform comes later. And uh, yeah. the tax awakens. The tax awakens. <laughs> but yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, like even before that, when you're up on the spaceship. Like up on the the Star Destroyer, and he's trying to help him escape, and just like the look of the film, yeah, like it looks familiar. It doesn't look like the old, like it doesn't look like Episode One to Three. It looks like Episode Four to Five, Four to Six. So much in IMAX, right? Like in IMAX, it looked. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Something about it, it seemed sort of grainy or, I don't know, larger than life or I don't know what it was. But I couldn't attach myself to before the return to Jakku. And I was hoping you'd bring this up or one of you bring this up because uh, I could never work out. I, I still haven't worked out why Kylo Ren... 
the big bad guy, our Darth Vader substitute, uh, didn't fucking drag. Like, he establishes that uh, he can drag thoughts and ideas out of a person, but he doesn't drag the thought or idea of the rebel, or sorry, resistance uh, base out of uh, the heroic pilot Poe Dameron. Yeah. I just don't think he gives a shit at that point. That's not his priority. And I also think that it's like classic dark side thing where, you know, Luke in Return of the Jedi says the Emperor really overconfidence is weakness. And I think in, in Kylo's mind that uh, Poe's going to be there for a while. <laughs> By a while, I mean until he dies, until they've extracted every bit of information. But, like, as far as priorities go, they were after the location Skywalker. of Luke Skywalker was the Supreme Leader Snoke dictated mandate and everything else to that was secondary because yeah. what happens later in the film which I picked up on I think in the last screen is they don't actually really seem to see the resistance as a threat hmm. until they have the location of Skywalker and that's when Snoke's like oh well I guess we'll have to blow the fuck out of that system now like that's the point like their first target I mean they didn't know I guess at that stage but like yeah, their first target is to destroy the Republic, not to say, let's hold off on that shot to get rid of the fucking rebels or the resistance, um, and then we'll go from there. Because that would have made sense. Because if you got the resistance, then you could get the Republic. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you look back at uh, four to four, five, and six, and, like, one, one or two Jedi, or three Jedi, depending on how you look at it, uh, Ben, Yoda. Uh, Skywalker took down like an entire the Empire basically took down the Empire what happens when Skywalker trains 20 Jedi or 30 Jedi like I don't think their focus is on a small outlet of the rebels like the resistance they they don't give a shit about them they're more worried about what, what the fuck happens if he gets his master Yen on and fucks us all up Especially because their leadership are assumedly both Force-sensitive. So Snoke seems to be very Force-sensitive because he's trained Kylo. Kylo is obviously Force-sensitive because we've seen his Force. So these guys understand that the the threat... And it's interesting because you hear... In touch with that, you hear sort of... What's her name? Ray talking about Luke Skywalker being a myth. And that's understandable because I think not so much Luke Skywalker, but the um, the Jedi haven't existed for a long time. They they were extinguished, I guess, shortly after Episode Three. Yep. Um, when they killed them, or, <laughs> yeah, they they hunted them all down, or there weren't enough left for there to be a Jedi Order. The Jedi Order's gone, so there's a generation or two between what's happened in the prequels and what we have now. Uh, in The Force Awakens, and they're basically saying, yeah, we've heard about the Jedi, but I thought that was just a bedtime story. Yeah. Because we haven't seen them. My parents haven't seen them, or whatever. And I think that's really interesting, that the myth of the, I'm assuming, because they're supposed to be kind of like the everyman, the the general populace, versus the people who understand the threat of the light side, especially if they are believing in the idea that, or the reality, I should say, that Luke 
killed, or sorry, defeated Vader and the Emperor because no one was there except for Luke. So all they could assume is that Luke killed them, right? Like Luke beat them. Yep. Because Luke walked out, Luke's still alive, they know that. Um, but there's no Emperor, there's no Death Star, there's no Vader. So the assumption wouldn't be that Vader turned back the light side or anything like that. Uh, especially because we see Kylo Ren having like a monologue with a counseling session, with, which is awesome, Darth Vader's sort of charred mask. Um, that's great, because in his mind, he's apologizing to his granddad, who was the ultimate evil. Yeah. Zero idea that he was redeemed, which is in and of itself weird because it means that his parents didn't tell him that he was redeemed. Which yeah. Maybe it means that Luke never told them. I don't know. But like, as as far as audience members go, we know what Luke did, but nobody else was there. So yeah. people could speculate, but nobody knows yeah. mm-hmm. how it ended. And I find that yeah, that kind of dichotomy of the the myth versus the kind of the the first order as powerful as they are with the, the super weapon that they have are shit scared of a solitary force user whose whose t- you know followers they've annihilated their the apprentice has annihilated <laughs> uh, and they're worried about one guy because he presents a threat of either a coming back and being amazing or b coming back and starting up something that could threaten their regime yeah that is solid man fuck too deep too deep those are the Jedi salute for everyone watching <laughs> um <laughs> anyway so we're two scenes into the film now uh let's see because <laughs> we've been jumping around a bit you know we, no, I, no. I just, I just, don't just I'm, so just, I'm just I'm just just latch on to what's pertinent and run with it I think the the introduction of the Millennium Falcon is pretty cool yeah Awesome. That oh, was the second just like, time. The like, second time I teared up. Uh, it was overwhelming for me. Yeah. Here's uh, this heap of junk. We don't want to. We don't want to fly that because, like, in their perspective, it's like what sixty years old, maybe more. I, yep. I don't know. Uh, we've got this brand new other thing over here. We can fly that. That's way better. Yeah. Do you know that. what I liked about that scene though? Was that the quad jumper? I would never ever ever in my entire fucking life buy as a fucking figurine <laughs> or a Lego set or fucking anything. It looked like or a fucking shit. Yeah, like fucking it was garbage. Like the Millennium Falcon is this iconic fucking looking fucking ship. And the quad jumper. Oh, we'll take the quad jumper. Yeah, we'll, we'll run over to the what? The fucking brick on stilts. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Like it, it is iconic, and and she knows about it, but she doesn't know what it looks like. Like because they bring that up afterwards when yeah. they find out, she finds out what it is. Um, so she has heard of it, but no, no, just knows I think, what I think she's it looks seen like. it. I think she's seen it for the entirety of her life, and she's seen it as a piece of shit that's had its engine covered over, that's gathering literal dust, that's just sitting there and has no use because she knows about her boss has done all these little works like little bits of work on it yeah so do you think she, she, she doesn't know it's the falcon sure she thinks it's the class of shit but to her she's like that is a piece of shit it's some garbage freighter flying it it's yep. being treated as an experiment like nobody wants anything to do with it 
it's fucked. Yep. Yeah, Which yeah. It's awesome because that's always been, from A New Hope, what the Falcon is. It's the idea that it looks like a piece of shit, but it's what's under the hood that counts, and it's also yep. piling it that counts, that it's supposed to look like just this thing that you look at and just instantly dismiss, but is, you know... And like it's it's one of those things that always made me love the Millennium Falcon was that it was it was playing outside of its sort of level. It was playing above its 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 ability. Like everyone wrote it off and, and I think that was always what was endearing about it as a ship. It's what people were drawn to. And uh and they fucking once again they nailed it. It's why I was so happy. I knew as soon as she said, "Oh no, that thing's garbage." I'm like, "Oh fuck, the Millennium Falcon. That is definitely oh, the Falcon." Shit, and uh, they panned over it, and and it was it was well too much for me. But um, it's just they they hit that note so well because as you were saying, Nate, like she has obviously looked at it as this certain type of you know it's a, it's a whatever class freighter a garbage ship um and it's it's not worth the time the entire her entire life and uh and then suddenly you know it turns out it's it's the fucking millennium falcon of yore it's capable of popping shields constantly and pissing out bullets and uh completely dominating that the single fucking uh, Star Wars Battlefront mode that <laughs> nobody plays. Oh wait, that's not just one mode. <laughs> that's, that's most of them. <laughs> that's also like a little bit of a metaphor for her as well, isn't it? Yeah, of course. So she sees herself as nothing, and everyone sees her as a scavenger. But really, there's a whole lot more going on than yeah. the surface. Which is, yeah, like that's. Like, that's everyone in Star Wars. That's Luke in Star Wars. That's fucking... That is key to Star Wars, except when they're talking about tax reforms in the Senate, but... Which is what you want more of. Obviously, it's my favorite part, but JK, it, it's, it's, it's what I'm looking forward to... Episode 8. In episode 8, but when they're not talking about tax reform... The ATO strikes back. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Oh dear, and A stands for order on. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the reveal of the Millennium Falcon, and then, you know, they obviously. It's also the reveal of her. I mean, you might not immediately realize it, but it's the reveal of her force abilities. It's her, her ability to see things ahead of time because she, she pilots that ship like some sort of. Uh, I don't know. A natural. Yeah, a natural, I've obviously. I've never flown a but it's, spaceship it's, before, yeah. It's more than that. I mean, she pilots it like she knows what's coming up ahead. She pilots it like it's some sort of pod racer, which is obviously, you know, another highlight from the series. Uh, you know, you're like, oh, this isn't the first time she's pod raced. I hope they show more pod racing. And I hope they have some sort of, like, underwater creature to uh, highlight it, some sort of Gungan, or, like, I hope the Gungans return. But unfortunately, the Gungans don't return, But that and, and that's about as close as they get to pod racing in the entire film. But uh, 
I move past it anyway, I guess. Barely. Mesa back. What? Episode 8 is called Mesa back. Oh, shit. And it's a full stop at the end. It's it's a threat. It's a straight <laughs> yeah. up threat. <laughs> it's two hours of brawl. Explaining Jar Jar's in life. his in his talk, his speak. <laughs> He's reading it all. Uh, it's just him reading it. Pizza uh, read out the opening crawl. Yeah. And then <laughs> what a big bombad sequel for the Force Awakens. <laughs> the end. Uh, what do you tell German, Luke? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but you also cool. you also get the introduction of like her ability to like she knows her way around the ship as well, being able to fix things and like it puts her in that type of she could be the Han character or some sort of she's very technical. She reminded me of uh, Kira. I think that's her name from Firefly. From what? Firefly. Is that her name? Oh, um, no, uh, is it Kira? No, um... Probably not. It's probably Bob, so... <sighs> Anyways, we all know who I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, she wasn't... Everyone's favourite. She was adorable. Yeah. But she just said the machines talk to me. I'm like, that's the sort of vibe that I got from her. Kaylee. Kaylee, Kaylee. yes. Close enough. Uh, yeah, but the idea that... She got the intricate workings of whatever, not just because she's been you know, dismantling Star Destroyers in the 80s and all that stuff, but because she has like an affinity for fixing things. Yep. And she can't really explain it, but she just gets it. Like that's, yeah, part of her force awakening. Oh, maybe. And uh, then, uh, introduction of, of Han. Yeah. Uh, like how? Where? How did they know where they were? Like, was there some sort of beacon? There is a line activated? of Don and Han yeah. mentions that if they could have tracked that specific ship within a certain range, and they'd better bet the First Order could be able to do it at a bigger distance. Because I was thinking the same thing. Because, like, the thing about Star Wars, especially the Force Awakens, more than anything, is that it has a lot of plot conveniences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, in fantasy, you would explain away with magic, and in sci-fi, I think I'm a little bit harsher on, like with the Star Trek reboot, for instance. Sure. And also, sequel. Too many plot conveniences in a movie that's ultimately not exploring fate or magic or anything like that. So, but with Star Wars, the best category description I've heard for it is science fantasy, not science fiction, it's science fantasy. Because it has a supernatural element, which is the Force. The Force is the game changer. And while George tried to kind of ground it with the idea of the Chlorians, which I guess on paper sounds better than it does in execution because he's trying to bring it back to science fiction in terms of it's something physical and tangible and measurable, um, it sucked. Because there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of magic. And it seemed that throughout the film... Especially later on when Ray grabs the lightsaber for the first time. Because to me, the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Because the lightsaber's been imprinted with memories, but it doesn't make any fucking sense because Luke lost that lightsaber in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So any memories it may have been imprinted with, if that theory was to have legs, would not have been what she saw because it was up. So it was just a little catalyst for visions or whatever. But I feel like she has been drawn and led 
to things and other people have been kind of caught up in that, like he caught in a rip. So Finn is dragged into it as well, especially because there's a point in time where she refuses to touch the lightsaber again. Yep. Uh, and Finn is very much there to get it back to her in a very roundabout way because he's chasing her like you. Know. Are you like bouncing? Is your microphone on your headsets or is it on the laptop? Headset. Are you yeah. sure? Because <laughs> yeah. every time you bounce your knees, the sound bounces. <laughs> me, it uh, might be with the camera. It might be attached to the camera. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. No, you're correct. If you go to your options, you should be able to check that. Tools, options. Uh, audio settings. Maybe it is. <laughs> no, 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 I'm having a look. There's only one option, which is why I assumed it was the... Um, oh, my. ...thing that I'm talking out of, but perhaps it's not. So I will have to lean forward more and look at my screen. No, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a problem with you leaning forward. You are... Audible, it's just that just stop bouncing, time, Nathan. Oh, it's every time you move the laptop, uh, the sound changes. Sounds like you're having too, too good of a time. If you, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like <laughs> you're like, oh my god, yeah. And then Ray is doing this, and then oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly what I was sometimes doing. Finn has the lightsaber, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, well, obviously, that's what I was trying to convey. Oh, my bad. Uh, Do you have, like, a desk or something that you could put it on? Yeah, but the cat tries to step on the laptop. All right, we'll try that. (laughs) You people are going to deal with the Force Awakening in my cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. So, I I feel like that's better than the Force Awakening of your penis. Oh, is it, though, Joby? Every time you talk about fucking lightsabers. This is a boner episode. (laughs) Boner? Hey. Um, so... Han Solo appears. Uh, it's yep. it's probably my favourite scene. Uh, him negotiating uh, with the two death squads. Um, but then it gets a bit silly. It does get a bit silly, yeah. uh, but I I still enjoyed it immensely because it it, it was sort of a reminder. That there were inhuman monsters in this universe that weren't just inhuman monsters like Kylo Ren. Like, it weren't, that there was more to a lack of humanity than just the concept of a lack of humanity, right? It sort of reminds you that it's more than just, it's, it's a sci-fi universe, right? And uh, that's it's something I appreciate a little bit. Uh, they were kind of goofy as terrifying monsters, these rolling fucking tentacle beasts. Mm. But I don't know. I, I love that entire scene on their massive barge. I was waiting for the bit where the the monster was like rolling down a hallway and Han is like, or Harrison Ford is just running and you see it behind him. I know, right? Like, holy like, shit. <laughs> Would have been. Grabs it and he grabs his whip. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. whips across a fucking gap like he set it and up. And says, Fine. You throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. <laughs> it's a Chewie. Like, oh, so Chewie says that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I don't know. And then from there, it's kind of like, I don't know. We where do we go from there? It's it's back onto, I guess, uh, that planet. We meet Maz and Maz, Maz, which is a bit weird. Um, like this forest planet, the introduction of her and uh, the bar, the cantina. <laughs> the uh, the fucking reggae cantina, <laughs> motherfuckers. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it is a bit of a weird sort of spot, right? Like, seems like it's a Jedi temple all of its own. It's got a lot of, uh, it's got a statue and some church-like themes. It looks ancient and all that kind of shit. Yeah, a lot of flags. Uh, it seems old school as fuck and, yeah, like, it's an odd place. There's... I don't know. I would say that everything about this portion of the film until they blow it the fuck up is probably <laughs> my least favorite part of this film. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I didn't like a lot of it. I mean, Finn Bales, Han Solo... Does no, fake Bales. Fake Bales. I'm out. Right yeah. back. Doesn't really, uh, Han, Han doesn't really bring a lot to the table except for, I don't know, some weird supports. Um, yeah. I don't Mars know. is, uh, unnecessary CG as well. Oh, yeah, that too. Uh, a lot of, a lot of the aliens are unnecessary CG. What? Most of them are, most of them are practical in that room. That- most of them. Are you serious? Yeah. Shit, you're not, man. If not all of them except for Mars are fucking practical effects. Really? Yeah. That's what's awesome about it, and that's why Mars looks garbage. And more so when you realize that she's just like a tiny creature. She doesn't have like, I don't know, 15 tentacles for legs or something ridiculous that you couldn't easily. Uh, what about practice? the, like, mosquito men? Yeah, no, they're practical. Are they? Yeah. They look fucking goofy as fuck. Anyway, yeah, that's because uh, they're practical. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, that's why they focus on them because they're like, look at all the practical. Oh, we did stuff. all this fucking yeah, look at us. Work. We're, yeah, we're look at fucking George Lucas, motherfuckers. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I didn't like a lot about this portion of the film. I suppose. Um, it's, it exists in terms of the plot just for the lightsaber. Yeah. Like, yep. ultimately, they get there and then, you know, a Resistance spy says, call the Resistance, the fucking droid's here. So they could have just gone back to the Resistance. I'm assuming Han knows how to find the Resistance, given that Leia, you know. Yeah. And it also has... And a- being that the droid knows where to go, and being that, yeah... That dude uh, could have yeah. been like, oh, hey, uh, we should probably go over. Well, they all know where to go. The droid knows where to go. Yeah. But they need to get a clean ship, right? And so Han's, Han's game plan is to take the unclean Millennium Falcon, which they can track anywhere, apparently, uh, to... Wait, did they say that? Yeah, he's like, oh, the reason we, like, why are we landing here? And Han's like... Oh, if I could track the Millennium Falcon, you better believe that the First Order would be able to track it. 
and they'll be hot on our tails. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... He's so, going to ditch his ship. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. He loves that motherfucker. Yes. It, yes. There's, there's nothing about it that makes any sense. Yeah, they shouldn't go gonna... there. Um, and... Yeah. I don't know. But it's also like the introduction of her first... Like, you get an idea that she is not normal. Like, she has powers. Well, that's what I was saying before. Like, the, uh, her ability to fly the Millennium Falcon the way yeah, she but, did. But it's her first... Like, the audience first oh, gets the idea. Right. Like the by she's being drawn to this. I suppose. No, but we get, we get better examples of that later when she's fucking around with force, you know, mind tricks and shit like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's unnecessary in that sense. If its purpose is to give her a lightsaber, which she rejects, it fails. But yeah. and, or to have a flashback, which isn't or entirely a necessary. I think it could be a forward because it, it could be. It is a flash forward. Like, it is a flash forward. Which one? All of it. I think no. They're standing sees- over dead bodies. Uh, um, Luke is there in the fucking rain with R two, which I'm assuming is the end of the. Jedi. Alright, so what about the part where she's in the fucking she's film, in the forest. The ice, the snow forest. Yeah. Fighting Kylo Ren? That, yeah, that, bit, that bit's a flash forward, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so some of it is a flash forward. And some okay, so if we're going to roll back to the original trilogy now and talk about uh, how they have visions, <clears throat> Yoda mentions that they can't always tell whether it's the, the future, the past, the present, whatever. Like, yep. It's seeing shit. That's fair. Yeah. <clears throat> and you tell based on what's happened. It's like, oh, your mum died. And you're like, yeah, I know. She died because <laughs> I know that. Right, yeah. I saw it happen. So you might be right, but I think the purpose of that was to show the uh, per- like the killing of the Jedi Order, the yeah. new Jedi Order, and Luke kind of having that little tender moment there too, and Kylo being in charge of the night's right. So it wasn't just people talking about it, it was the, the reality that there was a shitload of bodies around and killed it. So maybe it's not. Maybe maybe it is the future, but yeah, for me that was um that bit was the past. Yeah. I think it happens pretty early in a vision, so you might be right. It might be progressing in a chronological order, after all. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Yeah, but it's also again kind of pointless. Like it doesn't matter. Sure. If it's all a flash forward, it doesn't really add anything except to give away what will Stuff happen. that could so happen. If it's a flashback, we already know about it because Han told us what happened uh, with Luke's Jedi Order. So, yeah, it's it's ultimately... <laughs> I think it's just a bit to show that, like, hey, she has powers. And, and Poe's yeah. back. Like, Poe comes back when the castle gets destroyed. Right. And that has zero impact because they don't do an intro thing for it. It's just there he is leading a squadron. Yeah. And his existence never really... I mean, he was charismatic to an extent, but... Yeah, but it's not It's not a spoiler. It's not like the bit that... The way that I would have done that, if you wanted to preserve the reveal, would be to have that awesome one-shot where Finn's running and shooting people and in the background he gets like nine. Yeah. And like that pilot's fucking awesome, and he lands. And then show him. Yeah. Oh my god, it's Poe! Like that would have been the way to do that. But they just—they they showed him dis- beforehand. Well, they disrespected the fact that we were supposed to believe as an audience that he was dead. Mm. Yeah. 
because he wasn't at all dead. Yeah, me. yeah. Uh, and yeah, the way that they just like, yep, now I'm leading this squadron. You're like, weren't you supposed to be? Okay, you're not. Yeah, right. Maybe it was too cheesy the other way around of him being like, oh, that pilot's awesome, and then showing him later. I don't know. Maybe. No, but like we're, we're supposed to believe, <clears throat> like that is saying that Finn doesn't know who's flying because he thinks he's dead. Yeah, because he meets him at the base, and they're like, "Oh my god, you're alive!" And they both say, "Oh, you're alive!" Like that moment could have happened at that place, and it still would have worked. So, or it could have happened later, even you know. But again, without revealing who was being the amazing pilot, because we already know from the opening crawl that he is the best pilot that the resistance has mm-hmm. and we see this one ship kill nine TIE fighters in like 13 seconds yeah so we can assume that that's probably their best pilot yeah and then we get to see more evidence of being the best pilot in the movie so yeah it was just a bit of a like a weird thing to make us think that Poe was dead to ultimately do nothing with that yeah, I guess they were just trying to take us along with Finn's ride. But they could have just, like... Finn believed he was dead. And it yeah. was important for the story that Finn believed he was dead. But they could have still shown, like, his boots or something, like, in the distance, you know? Like, if if they didn't want to reveal it to the audience, if they didn't want it to be a, a twist for the audience... Yeah, it was just, it was just like, clunkily handled. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, it didn't add anything for us to believe the audience. Yeah. Yep. And for it to not be... For there to be zero ceremony about him being alive. Mm. I <laughs> but agree. Th- but that, uh, I think that, that... Yeah, that one shot you said was pretty cool, but also the fight scene where you get Finn taking on a stormtrooper with his Traitor. electric bat- baton. Mm. And why does he have that electric baton? Who cares? Because why not? Is the correct answer. Action figures, motherfucker. Yeah. And, and he had shield and a blaster, for no reason. And then he ditched those. Yeah. I guess he really wanted to fight Finn. Yeah. With yeah, his, sh- weird, his weird stick. With his weird stick. Check out my weird stick, Finn. Hey, buddy, my weird stick. Look at how I hold my weird stick. Do you want to touch my weird stick, Finn? It's his dick. The weird stick he, is his He dick. looks off of the ship because he's in Stormford drama. Like, these guys aren't built for mobility, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh well, protection because their armor seems to protect against nothing. nothing. Yeah. Hey, it filters out smoke, but not toxins? Yeah. Hey, why is there a vacuum seal on your helmet, which you've gone out of the way to make a noise about whenever you take your helmet off? If it doesn't stop anything outside... Fuck. But ultimately, that doesn't do anything anyway, so... <laughs> like, it just means that their vision is inhibited, and it's just like, yeah, why are you wearing armor? Apart from the fact that you look cool as shit. Yeah. You're basically an army of idiots. To be fair, they kind of are an army of idiots. Well, they're better than the original Stormtroopers. Definitely much better than the original Stormtroopers. Sure knew how to shoot innocent villagers. While they were standing still. They were fucking ruining Improved villages. Um, had an impressive KDR. Nah. So they bounce on over to the Resistance HQ. Yes. 
and we meet. Oh, hang on, no, we meet General Organa before they leave. And C three PO with the red arm for no reason, which is fantastic. He went Deus Ex on us. Hilarious. Yeah, he's um, great. He's a cockblocker. Yeah. Yep. And then um, Chewie is also on his on the cockblocking prowl. Um, and that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, then we get to see how, like, we already knew that Kylo was... Actually, we did already know at this point that Kylo was Han's son, right? Thanks to Supreme Spoilers. Yeah. For no fucking reason, right? Didn't add anything for them to reveal it. Completely empty. Um, I wonder if they did it. Solely to avoid the concept that it would be a reveal, like or, some sort of, or too like too similar to the other one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, whoa, he's your son. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't know if you want to talk about that now or later as we get to the end of the film. Or... We'll talk about it later. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was weird as well. I don't know. We see Han and Leia interacting specifically about the topic of their son, Kylo Ren. And I thought it was, I mean, Kylo Ben, Kylo Ben. Uh, I didn't think, I, I thought Carrie Fisher <laughs> might've been out of the game for a bit too long. <laughs> I actually really liked her. I was super concerned um, from just, interviews that she would be fish facing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you digitally remastered her face or something while she was talking? <laughs> and, and and like scratching her skin and uh, ad libbing every line and sure. looking at the camera. Uh, but I felt that there was still quite a lot of uh, an older Princess Leia in what she was doing, and and that was good. I was like, thank God she knows how to act. Still, kind of. Yeah. No standout. Like she wasn't like. Oh my god! I think amazing. I think it wasn't really on her. It was mostly that Harrison Ford stole every scene he was in. Yeah, sure did. Like he just ate it up. He looked like he was having so much fucking fun in every single scene. And like, understand that he might have been doing it just for a fucking paycheck or whatever. But he looked like. He was having fun. And to me, it came across in his character who looked like he was still just doing it because it was the only thing he was ever good at. And yeah, it carried across really well. Uh, And compared to that, Carrie Fisher seemed to be, I don't know, out of practice or something. I don't know. Um... Because I've always really loved her performances in the original trilogy. I always thought she was a spectacular addition yes. to the cast. Held her own. Um, so, yeah, it just seems, I don't know, a little bit off. Hmm. I don't know. That's just me, maybe. There's a loose favorite character, actually. My bad. The cocaine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, they meet up, we go back to Resistance HQ. Yeah, and then all of a sudden there's like this, we need the other half of the map, but how do we get it? And apparently 3PO's, not 3PO, R2's got it the whole time. 
Yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't like, <laughs> like he doesn't wake up, and for like, some random reason, and then like he's like asleep. Boop, 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 boop. Can't just press like an on button. Or Actually, this like him in. It raises a really interesting point about the explicit rights of sentient beings in the Star Wars universe, doesn't it? Because Ray's initial objection, her initial uh, defense of uh, BB-8 is due to the fact that the scavenger guy wants to strip BB-8 for parts and she's like, oh, you can't do that. And the only reason, it's not given, but the only reason available is that he's obviously sentient and capable of independent thought and so you can't just fucking strip something that's sentient for parts. In, oh. like, the lack of subtitles bitching that uh, BB-8 was doing, he was talking about his mission and the fact that he has an owner, he has a master, he's on a secret mission. Possible, but uh, I've always, like, always sort of... always sort of felt that they had some degree of sentient independence. Oh, no, I agree. Like, if they're, if they're faking emotions, they're faking it really well. Like, C-3PO wears his heart on his sleeve. Yep. R2-D2 is a sassy little fuck, both with C-3PO and humans. Yeah. BB-8 is, was described by JJ as manipulative, which I didn't see a whole lot of evidence as, but he certainly yeah. doesn't mind playing the sympathy card to get what he wants, so I guess that's kind of what he's getting at. But sure. Yeah, they're not just programmed to do whatever unless they're like skynet level programming in terms of human psychology and manipulation yeah she's probably not something that's worth going into yeah they're absolutely programmed to be sentient to whatever extent that exists to be like ai within the star wars universe yeah and so like it would like that would explain to me why they wouldn't just force R2 to be awake, because to some extent, if he chose to be on low power, then forcing him to be awake would be a degree of, uh, I don't know, violent coercion. And so they can't, if he doesn't want to show him the fucking map, they can't be like, yeah, R2, uh, you're, you're on now. Hey, buddy. You're at this point basically a computer monitor, and I have pressed the on switch, so show us the fucking map. Um, we've lost Nate, no? <laughs> that was. Yes, we have lost <laughs> Nate. <laughs> um, he pressed the wrong button. I think he might have. Um, it's, it's one of, yeah, it's just one of those, I don't know, things that sort of sprung up at me while I was watching for the second time, like the nature of sentient beings within the Star Wars universe is sort of interesting to me, I guess. Yeah, but it still doesn't make sense as to why he switches on all of a sudden at the end. Uh, no, I don't have an explanation <laughs> for that at, at all. Yeah, like there's nothing that triggers it, like nobody school, hopefully. nobody says anything, nobody comes up to him, or inserts a chip or like it's just fucking he just Suddenly switches just knows. Yeah. I have heard theories that R2-D2 is adept at the force but no. I've literally never given any fucking weight to those theories because he's a he's a fucking robot 
and I can't let it go. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think that's got any truth to it. No. No. We've yeah. we've we've cleared the uh, that timeline. I think. I think so. Um. So they and we've jumped forward a little bit, but we, we I suppose we established that um that. Is that just gone? I tried to add him back. Um, I'll try it one more time. <laughs> so, R2 can't tell them where Skywalker is. And, uh, oh, hang on. I think Nate's back. Maybe I bet you he's shut it. He's back. And then your computer went to hibernation or some shit, didn't it? That was Pat. Yep. Oh, Pat the cat. It, it kicked the... <laughs> Anyways, that was the, the risk that I was talking about. Of course, of anyway, course. It's all right, he's pissed off now. We Classic finished cat. the show. Thanks for having uh, uh, time to yeah, join us, well, Nathan. Thanks for coming. Oh, uh, we've talked about <laughs> everything. No, um, we're moving on to the attack on the uh, Starkiller base. Ooh. So, chapter three. Act three. Sorry. Act three, yes. Act three. Uh, there's a lot. There's, oh, there's so a lot much, going on here. So much to unpack in this one. It is dense. It is dense. Um, so, they realize that they need to kill basically a Death Star. I'm not, like, there's... Look, it is basically a Death Star. Like, they make a joke out of it, but fucking it is, a right? Bigger Death Star. <laughs> it's a bigger it's Death a Star. It's a bigger Death Star. I appreciate that it's the size of, of a planet. Did we Did we establish whether or not we believed it was an existing planet or... Uh, Fully formed, created platform no. for weapon. You were of the opinion that it was Halo-esque. I think it's that yes. It I think it's created. But I was so? of the opinion that it was a planet that they dug the shit out of the middle to create the trench. Sure, and that's what I think. Thing, and I guess somehow hollowed it out, which makes it sound weirder. But yeah, I was of the opinion that it was an established planet, but that makes less sense. Uh, because you can't move it. So unless it was like some sort of central planet that was rotating so that you could have certain like satellite type windows for shots at different parts of the galaxy, it kind of does limit your ability to destroy shit. It's, it is a bit complex. I mean, if we were a video game podcast at our hearts, so if we recall moments when uh, planet destroyers have existed in video games, I suppose the most iconic that I can think of is Master of Orion 2. Uh, it never really... It, it suffered, if I recall correctly, movement penalties because it was a giant fucking ball and it was massive and heavy, etc., etc. But uh, it was never specifically inhibited by its size uh if if it were a planet that existed and wasn't constructed specifically for the purpose and it was relying like 100 percent on on orbits then uh i would wonder if it was I mean, I don't want to go back to tax reforms, but uh, I would wonder if it was necessarily worth 
the uh, the outlying costs. What's the return on investment there? I mean, they def- they destroy five planets, uh, potentially what ten planets? Ten planets for spending all that money to convert an entire planet? I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. So, so you think it would be cheaper to create all of that, including artificial temperatures and climates and terraforming from scratch, than it would be to take an existing planet that has assumedly the perfect orbit and upgrading it to be a killer? I just don't... Okay, so I guess we roll into a territory of whether or not a lot of shit makes even, like, basic scientific sense. Like, we are talking about space magic quite a bit here, because I was arguing earlier that uh, just the mere fact, the concept of shooting five planets all at once, uh, right, with your giant fucking planet laser, right, would take literally hundreds of years because light moves at a particular speed no matter what and so a laser is sort of uh restricted to moving at a particular speed so if they had fired a their massive laser uh and uh they're on fucking reggae uh moss eisley right like then that they might have like if they were on reggae moss eisley for 400 years then the light might have shone across that much of the sky or if they're much 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 closer to it then that might have occurred but if it was actually a galaxy spanning shot which let's not get into logistics or ballistics of such a shot itself uh there's there's a lot going on there as well but uh if that were to occur then being that they're lasers and bound by the laws of physics, uh, it would take literally hundreds of years. And so we have to accept that uh, fucking light doesn't work the same way in Star Wars, I suppose, or lasers, perhaps. They definitely describe it as a laser weapon, 100% describe it as a laser weapon, but I'm getting fucking hella nerdy. Oh, oh, Nate's sending me fucking links and shit. Let me just read you from the official StarWars.com database. I Star- said that to you already. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, like four minutes ago. Oh, look at that. Oh. An ice planet converted into a stronghold of the four- First Order and armed with a fiercely destructive new weapon capable of destroying entire star systems. Right. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, how does the fucking planet not... Okay, you know what? Fuck it. Okay? Hey, well, they they well, want to make a fucking website? That's it. Come on, okay? They want to sure, sure. they want to fucking core out a fucking planet, okay? How does it not collapse in on itself upon its own weight once they core it out? Because they reinforce it. Oh, they reinforce it. Oh, yeah, it's reinforced with what? Fucking shit that can be taken down with fucking eight fucking explosives? I don't fucking think so, because that's all the fucking Chewie and Han bring to the table. Oh, we'll send them up on these planets, uh, these pillars. Oh, no, you know, that's a much better idea, Chewie. And then fucking he flies in with a fucking spaceship and he shoots a couple of things and that's all it takes to blow up the entire fucking planet? I don't fucking think so. That's bullshit. I don't, I don't accept it at all. 
horseshit. I have a question. <laughs> when did you become Neil deGrasse Tyson? That's my secret, Luke. I've always been Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, I wish. Um, he probably fucking hates this movie, doesn't he? He's seen it. Oh, like, oh my fucking god! Hates. He's just raging. Like, oh, there's no fucking way. Sense. Oh, the Millennium Falcon. And look, look at that tentacle beast. There's no way that the tentacle beast wouldn't move yeah. using its tentacles first, as opposed to rolling. Why would it roll as its primary mode of fucking movement? Oh, I'm man. going back to tentacles. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Sounds like fucking Buzzkill Alderaan. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on from that shitty, that part. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah, from, from Job talking space physics. All right, Luke, you can go while Job's away. Come out to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I guess they land on the planet, the ice planet. Uh, there's a bit of banter between the two. Uh, there's some good moments there where... Um, Who are the two? Sorry, the three uh, between Finn, Han, and Chewie, um, where they're kind of like, "All right, we're here now. What do we do?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know. I used to be like a fucking space janitor." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clean yeah. the shit. Yeah, and then Chewie's like, "It's it's cold out here." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a great way to move shit forward. Instead of stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, so then they kind of start moving on and and. Uh, yeah, as things progress, we get introduced to, well, not introduced, but reintroduced to other characters. And, um, what's her name? Captain Phasma. Phasma, who doesn't do anything. Biggest shit coward sub-character to ever exist in a movie. Yeah, she's just like a giant chrome head. Um, All talk and no follow-through. That doesn't really do much. I, maybe she'll play a bigger role in the other movies, but... Maybe she got crushed off-screen by a trash compactor. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, what? We're, we're talking Plasma. about Chrome Head, Chrome Dome. Chrome Dome. Ah, yes. Padma. Phasma. Phasma, whatever. Uh, she's yeah. the worst. She was the worst. She was pitched like, uh, I love the idea, you know, she's obviously the character that's really active, plays a who's name the Lutheran right now. Help me out. Gwendolyn Christie. Yes. It's very tall, uh, a very good character in Game of Thrones. I love that she's kind of dread-like in that she then takes up the fucking helmet, yep. which is nice. So it's all about, you know, her looking intimidating and shiny and all that shit. But she goes from ordering, you know, the killing of innocents in a village in the beginning, which is, you know, very, very cold and establishes her as a bad guy, yep. to rolling over like a little bitch and saying, yeah, okay, I'll take the shields down on this giant super weapon that probably took the last three decades to build and countless fucking credits and has thousands of my people on it. I won't just take a shot to the head like a champ or refuse to do this and see whether you're going to actually torture me. Torture me, yeah. Yeah, are you going to do that? Uh, So, yeah, she's... and And then she takes the shield down. She doesn't, like, try to raise an alarm or something. She takes the shield down and then goes, you're not going to get away with this. Yeah. But that's kind of like the last line that she has in the movie. Yeah. Before she's has an off-screen either death or disappearance. Yeah, yeah. She's, and she's is, just sort of disappeared. In my opinion, ultimately responsible for the destruction of that planet. Super weapon. 
all of that. Not constructed planet, apparently. Oh, yeah, the organic planet that we all knew, Joby, except for you. Not, not, yeah, the adapted. Clearly a real planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, it's on her, really. Yeah, she put the shields down. If there's no shields down, there's no X-Wings. And even if they're blown or the big hole in the wall, then there's no X-Wings to come and destroy it. So really, yeah, her. Although, I mean, like, I was I was actually saying this before, but if you did actually want to destroy something that was uh that was shielded, right, by the um by a shield that could only be penetrated by something moving faster than light, uh, then ballistic weapons that were powered by hyperdrives would be uh almost es- like essential and uh one hundred percent uh perfect. For like shields would basically do nothing to stop them, and so you would have. I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know what starships necessarily are, are driven by in the Star Wars universe, but uh, a, a star destroyer could probably do more damage than a fucking laser from a fucking X-wing. I'm just saying, like, if it were to crash into something, it could. Would probably do more damage than a fucking explosive from one of eight explosive blasts that they take into attached to pillars. Just throwing that out there, you could teleport, sorry, faster than light travel, hyperdrive your fucking Star Destroyer. Just get one, like, specific dude who is down with the cause of the resistance to pilot a Star Destroyer into the fucking thing that you need to blow up. And uh, bingo, bango, it's there's a big hole in there, which is Finn, as they say. Ah, yeah, Finn, nice. Uh, yeah, there's a big hole in there, and uh, yeah, you don't need to like find some implausibly uh, easy to coerce uh, stormtrooper captain to take down the shields. It'd just be fucking wide open from the get-go. Yep, or the uh, X-Wings could have taken the same approach that Han did. Could've, could've. I like to put that down to the fact that Han is uh, the greatest pilot of all time. And he's a crazy motherfucker. And a crazy motherfucker. And uh, I was disappointed that that Poe didn't even fucking try the same thing. He was just like, oh yeah, let's just wait for the shields to come down. And then I'll like fly in or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and then I'll scratch the paint. Yeah. On the the bit that the guy who worked in sanitation yeah. <laughs> told me to destroy. I mean, thank God he was right about that. True. He didn't know how to bring the shields down, but I guess he was Didn't know how to bring the entire fucking thing down. Uh let's wind back, by the way. Still can't get over the idea that uh, that nobody in the resistance would ever check for a fucking double agent. Like, like I definitely would have interned Finn for decades, decades. <laughs> Whoa, dude! No, so straight cool. up. It's a lot of movie. Oh. Hi, I'm I'm the stormtrooper who saved your greatest pilot. I guess. Um, I can come back to your main base now. Fucking no. 
<laughs> hey, little robot, if some fucking dude pretends to be a resistance dude and then says he isn't, don't tell him where our secret <laughs> base is. I don't care if the fat guy from Heroes gives it away. Oh, yeah. Day. Probably should have cared about that. Like, fucking Porkins 2.0. Right? What a fucking idiot. What a fat idiot. Fucking. Oh, God, I'm reconnaissance. I like to think that, like, he drops some food accidentally. It's my first time, yeah. I wasn't looking. I, like. Don't send your best pilot in the fucking galaxy to do reconnaissance. Send the fat guy. I forgot I was Andy Grab in space and I opened some chips like Homer. Then I had to fucking swim around my fucking X-Wing cockpit the, uh, trying to fucking eat them. What do we trust? And then the ants got out. Um, yeah, fucking... Like, there's no way he would get out until I was 100% certain that he wasn't a double agent. And the sad fact is, I'd never be 100% certain of this concept. So you would just kill him? No. He'd be jailed forever. I didn't say I would kill him. Why I'm not you- a monster, Nathan. <laughs> that kind of sounds like you're a monster, Jeremy. <laughs> Just kill him. Put him out of his misery. I think that after he proved to me that he could specifically tell me how after to destroy years. the Star Killer, and you were already dead, get out. He might get out. Maybe. Right, he would have to stay on the base next to me, uh, well, in Elysium or whatever the fuck it was called. Right, they had to trust him <clears throat> because he he said, I mean, obviously he was doing it to get raid, but he said I have to be on the ground to turn off the shields. Yeah, and there was a time limit. There was a time limit on them being destroyed, so it was just like, yeah, yeah, right. like we're fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be like, oh. So you have to be on the... Oh, do you? Well, no. You fucking Electrodes stay. on your yeah, nipples, That's, that's what you can do, yeah. Uh, <laughs> have you ever had your testicles chopped off? Uh, it only happens once. So, uh, you know, you got that, that to look forward to. It's It can't happen again. Uh, but there are other things to chop off. So let's ask again. How do I disable the shields? And he's like, actually, I was a custodian, so I don't really know. And we're like, oh my god, you better believe you're getting your testicles chopped off. And we're going to uh, reattach them. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to wait for that to heal. We're going <laughs> to do microsurgery on the nerves to make sure you can so feel it again. We're going to add nerves. And we're yeah, yeah. Testicles, the clitoris. <laughs> and then we're going to cut them and off. And then we're going to fucking chop it off. Slowly, with the lightsaber that you brought to <laughs> <laughs> So at least it's cauterized, cauterized rather. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, it got dark. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Disney's going to make that movie. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Um, that would be very much, are we the bad guy? <laughs> not torturing this guy who's been nothing but like, yeah, let's destroy this fucking base. Like, doing his genetics, that's a weak spot. I just really want to help the chick who's probably the last Jedi alive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, guys, honestly. Well, we're going to torture you to death. <laughs> Find out. In 10 years, we're going to tell the truth, and then we'll kill you, by the way. As it turns out, she became a Jedi. <laughs> yep. But we forgot about you, so... She probably would have died <laughs> on the planet, because she would have been left for dead. 
we've been able to get off. So yeah. 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 Whoops. <laughs> Oops. Good work, resistance. Um. So what's next? What What are we up to here? We're on the planet. Uh, they're. Planet I guess work? they're putting bombs down and working their way through. Something happened. Something. They put all the bombs down and then Kylo Ren, who has sensed his father landing, his father is Han Solo. Oh, spoilers. Oh, I know. Oh, in case you miss them, ham-fisted yeah, spoiler the uh, Um, Senses his father on the planet and then... um. I guess senses the general location of where his father is and decides to wander over there. Um, that's, that's how I explain it to myself. Can't, can't like sense exactly where his dad is, but has a general idea. Yeah. yeah well, it's like Vader on uh, the Death Star. With yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Like he, he, to me, it wasn't like he knew where he was going to come. He just knew that he was going to have to come back to the ship. Yeah. So he just kind of just waited Yep. Like, he didn't go and run. It wasn't like Vader came around a corner. It was like he was waiting in the one obvious spot after sensing that Obi-Wan was there. Like, he couldn't say, hey, he's on level 29, room 5. It's like, yeah, he's here. He's yep. close enough for me to sense him, but I don't think, yeah, they can get much more specific than that. So, uh, Han confronts his son, Ben Solo, Ben Organ. Kylo Ben. Carlo Ben, and uh, which is where the reveal should have happened. I think so. Yeah, uh, they yeah. could have danced around it. They yeah. they didn't yep. need to. Even if it was still kind of obvious, if they hadn't hit that nail on the head, yep. it's still like if they oh, hadn't spelled it out. Yeah, they just foreshadowed the fuck out of it. It still would have been yeah. better. And just have like the moment could have just been him yelling out Ben, and then at that moment you would have known. He knew who he was. Yep, and he tells him to take off his mask. And says, oh, yeah, and then that's the reveal. Not the so, whole yeah. bit earlier on where they're talking about... It, like, they just drop it out of nowhere. Yeah. And then... I don't know if him taking off his mask would have been that be, like that good as a reveal moment. Because he would have been like, whoa. Put aliens. that back on, you ugly motherfucker. He, he looks like, yeah, Babar, the elephant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why are his ears so big? Um, no, that's that's too mean. He does have like that fucking. If we're talk- like, remember Unbreakable when they talk about the classic supervillain face, and you know, look at look at his jaw. You can tell that he is a hero because he's he's got a square jaw and a. A flat chin, and then if you look at our villain, our villain has a triangular face. And uh, Kylo Ren, the dude who plays him, what's his name? Adam Driver. Adam Driver has a fucking villain face, like a motherfucking villain. Like, that dude, if he didn't go into acting, he would have gone into probably... Being a Sith Lord. Torture, yeah. Um... (laughs) Um, so anyway, uh, Han Solo confronts his son and, uh, this was the third time I cried. (laughs) (laughs) They, they, they play it out as if, uh, Uh, like he's gonna, he's gonna give up. Yeah. Like, but then the moment that he says, like, I need you to do something for me, you know, shit's going to go down. But even leading up to that point, like, they nod at it earlier on where, 
Um, like you just had this feeling that this wasn't going to end well. Yeah. The, the, when they the, walk out on the like anti health and safety regulations, right? Like, like there's no railings. Walkway, there's no railings. There's You're no, like, there's no yellow and black caution off. lines. It's, it's like no high vis shit going yeah. on here. Like Empire doesn't care about yeah. that. Yeah, oh, it's it's but, like it's like the the nod back to a new hope where Obi Wan uh, and Vader confront yeah. and everybody's standing there watching. Um, yeah, they did really well to isolate them. Yeah, so everyone had to watch, but it wasn't like why they couldn't do anything about it. Over and you know, well, they could have, they could have done something about well, it. Well, Chewie would have had to have given away his position. The stormtroopers around, sure. and so were the other guys. So it was just much, very much like, like, what do you do in that situation? It's like, holy shit, Han hasn't been captured. He's like, he's confronting this guy. Like, yeah. Also, he's his dad. What? Like, what I mean, dad? Chewie would know, but the other two would be like, what? Oh, yeah, know, and it also looks like he's about to talk him down. So yeah, like, yeah. Huh. Okay. Right. Yeah, but the moment that line drops of like, "I need you to help me with something," you know, it's going to go in a bad place. <laughs> like, is, oh, he's going to. Yeah. Which is even worse now. Thinking back to that line where he says he talks his way out of everything. Oh uh, my god, Nate! It's just so wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the fourth time that Joby cried. <laughs> oh no, I've ruined him. Um, yeah, that bit was very upsetting, and I knew, I knew what they were setting it up to happen. Yeah, uh, and again, people who watch trailers like me, you shouldn't. I know that Kylo Ren is walking around on an icy planet at night, and I'm like. Well, he gets away from this. And yeah. unless it's going to end with this, like, okay, dad, fuck off. See you later. Lol. Mm, he's dying. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he has a triple dead for those keeping track at home. Triple uh, dead. He, he gets impaled. Yeah. He falls into an impossibly deep pit. Oh. And then later on, the planet explodes. The planet explodes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, he's still good. Short, short of him <laughs> being. Force sensitive somehow, and he comes back as a ghost. Uh, yeah. Forget not. Han Solo. He's Han Triple Dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. It was. It was. I could see it coming, and they did a really good job of uh, like the fucking sun going out, and you're like, oh fuck. Like you could tell shit was going wrong, and it was going wrong fast, and then. It's very yeah. impactful. Like, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but when that, when you hear that sound and then you see the light just shoot out the back of his, like, just out of his back, like, oh, I had oh. that feeling in my, like, stomach of, like, oh, I felt that, like, fuck. Not I mean, only like, the first time, but the second time, like, when I knew it was coming, it uh, still happened. The thing that I think gets me most is that, like, he touches his face, like, <laughs> I forgive you, and I'm just like, no! Because we don't slap like, him. Nobody <laughs> like grab him and pull him off with you. Like nobody is forgiving <laughs> this motherfucker right now. Like he is, he is worse than Darth Vader. <laughs> oh my god! And that's what they set up, though, right? Like that's what they're trying to do. They do so much with the mythology of Darth Vader as well. Vaja, like, Vaja. Uh, <laughs> Like the mythology of Darth Vader as well, that like they're trying to s- set up this concept that Kylo Ren desperately wants to be like Vader and 
even be Vader, and he talks to fucking his grandfather's fucking empty fucking helmet because he's a lunatic and all this kind of shit. And it's unhinged. He has little rage moments as well, where he just passes out, destroys shit, slashes shit. Yeah, like like a tantrum. Yeah, like a force tantrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's properly unstable, and uh, they do so much to sort of set that shit up, but. Uh, he is there like the only only character as irredeemable as fucking Kylo Ren in my opinion is Jar Jar to oh. be honest like I would okay Jar Jar is more redeemable in my eyes <laughs> cause he didn't fucking kill a beloved like oh my god like to me it's so hard to bring back the original cast just to kill off the best one Oh, like, and he fucking kills it in this film. Yep. It and is he knows. Devastated. You know he knows the whole time. He's read the script and yeah. he knows what's happening. He knows what's up and he's laying the groundwork for his death. And he just like, oh, he's so amazing. You know, I, I can't wait to see him in the next two films. And oh, I hope he sorts shit out with Leia and his son. And oh, oh Ray joins his crew. And oh, my God. Yep. He's talking about the future. He's looking positive. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It's effective, in my opinion. It's too effective. Um, it's too big of an emotional moment that everything else after it pales. Like, yeah. the first time that I saw it, I was in shock. And I knew it was coming. I've read the spoilers. But I was like, the way that they executed it was, was perfect. You know, I mean, the well, other option. Apart from the, the bit where they... Uh, they spoiled the father bit. Yeah, I think that could have no, been no, done no. a bit I'm better. I'm talking about the actual death, not, not yeah. everything. Oh my god! If they'd revealed it then, and I... then killed him, that would have been so fucking awesome. Maybe they I... did. Maybe, Maybe... They and then like the test audience just all was inconsolable. Yeah, <laughs> just crying like, for. They need to turn us down a bit. Yeah. yeah, it's too yeah. much. It's too much for people. Maybe it might be onto something there because it is. Like, they've got to know that that... Like, you could have killed off Leia, and I would have been sad. You could have killed off Chewie, and I would have been sad. But Han is, like, instant heartbreak. If they'd spent the rest of the film reminding you of why Leia was memorable, then her death might have been as impactful. Although it would have been more complicated because of the way she was memorable. But... Oh, I mean, fuck. They just. Well, we talk, we're talking about this. They didn't. They didn't give us a full stop. Yeah. Like, I can accept that he's dead. I'm not. I'm not going to be jumping on the forum and, and going, oh, "I'm still alive." Here's the evidence. You know, like he's dead. Yeah. But you know, we, we were talking earlier, Joby, about Qui Gon in the Phantom Fucking Menace, the worst film in the series. Mm. Got a better send off. Got a funeral. Got a somber, yeah. somber soundtrack after <laughs> his death. Um. And it was like it was beautiful because it allowed you to put a full stop on it to to know that people were mourning him because I think that was my biggest problem was that while there's a nice little tender hug between Ray and Leia when they get back to the base that could have been anything like like to me that was more Ray's like everyone's run off to go and high five everyone else and she's like I don't know anyone here the only person I know is in a fucking coma. Uh, Hi, I'm yeah. Ray. 
you know? So it was more of like a consoling her than a holy shit, my surrogate father figure's fucking dead. And Unless her strange Unless... husband. Unless it turns out that it's not her surrogate father figure. Oh man. See, this is this is why it shits me right at the end with Luke, who says nothing. Yeah. Because I imagine that they're going to have to, and I want them to, like, pick up the film exactly where it left off. Oh, fuck because, yeah. Because like, I want to see Luke's reaction first time to Han's death. Like, I I need that. I yep. need to know, even if he felt it, which I'm assuming he would have, this, this Leia did, that, that Luke probably would have as well. Um, I want to see some sort of heartbreak that I had. Yeah. Because nobody really gave it to me. I, t- I, t- I talked earlier about the idea of Hollywood tears and how they shit me. Like, you know, and not to get too somber, but obviously the three of us lost someone earlier this year. And let me tell you, there was no somber looks off into the distance with a single tear. Like, it was noisy and it was messy. And, and like, I wasn't in particular close to that person, but, like, you've just lost... You're a strange loved one who has come back into your life and you've got to, like, hope is there again. Hope that they're going to rekindle, you know, sort shit out. It's completely, I think they sold it really well, the reason why they parted ways. Yeah. Which is actually, you know, pretty common for parents, I'm told, that when you lose a kid, and they obviously had a metaphorical death, but metaphorical death of their son meant that they couldn't stand to be around each other. And there's this, oh, they're going to, he's going to come back and they're going to be together again. It's going to be this amazing kiss at the end. Like we don't need to see the young ones kiss. We get to see this reunion kiss between people that we've followed yeah. you know, for the original trilogy. And you're kind of robbed of that mm-hmm. and a, a, a fitting mourning period. Like they're just rushing through that last bit so fast to get to the, we need to have Luke Skywalker in this that I'm just like, the, the, there was people cheering when they landed except for Leia and Ray, and I'm just like I kind of wanted someone to just fire a gun in the air and go not only did we lose these people we don't care about in the X-Men yeah but like dozens we fucking lost the, the war hero General Solo General for fuck's sake shut the fuck up and fly <laughs> yeah <laughs> because I didn't feel validated as an audience member I didn't feel that anyone in that movie was feeling it in the way that I was yeah vicariously like yeah, yeah it was just so yeah I felt that and again because I was so sad that it was hard to emotionally connect with them trying to make me feel better or hopeful or you know positive it was just like man I'm still I'm still hung up on what happened 10 minutes ago <laughs> yeah and I really want to see someone kill Kylo Ren brutally and slowly because and let's, let's talk about the fucking the fight. The fight. Fights. Yes. Fights. Fights. Two fights. Go. Luke. I don't like I'm I'm still in that confused spot where I don't know what Finn is. Right. Like you see him wield a, a lightsaber twice. Um Are you still attached to the concept that only Jedi can wield a lightsaber? No, but You know that was a Lucas rule, by the way. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it just I seems like kind of weird that you you put up somebody that's a Jedi or a, a Sith Lord against a normal person. You'd, you'd expect them just to kick the shit out of them in one swing, right? Not hold their ground for a minute and a half or a minute. Um, 
it just seemed odd. I don't know if that's because he was injured or... But you'd expect them to understand, like, they're supposed to be able to tell when something is coming to them and be able to react in time. Oh, you think he'd just fucking shred this dude in a matter of seconds. Yeah, yeah. And that's not what happens. It's definitely... It's definitely one of those weird situations where even without the ability to use the force to dispose of Finn instantly, which is well within his capabilities, except if we suddenly decide to believe that the force uses some sort of mana pool or cooldown situation, uh, which is about as nerdy as you can fucking take it. Um, yeah, we are, we're looking at, like, regardless of that, his, if we're going to continue down the nerdiest fucking timeline, um, <laughs> his perception, uh, let's pretend it's fucking Fallout stats, his perception, P, is fucking 10. It's 11. As a Jedi, it's 11, okay? It's not fucking 10, it's 11. And his ability to understand what's coming in at him is at all times, it's always a critical hit. It should be always a critical roll of 20. Like, adjusted to 20. No matter what, it's a 20. And uh, that's that does put an interesting spin on how he fights against Finn, how Kylo Ren fights against Finn, because as someone with the force is supposed to be uh, supernaturally capable. Unless Finn, unless Finn is force attuned. Um, exactly. Which I think is Luke's point. Yeah. Yeah. So the we easiest explanation. Uh, yeah. I think the other one that they try to push, which I believe is sort of more misdirection, but also kind of makes it easier for an audience to accept why, a guy who's clearly more capable is still not able to just win instantly is that he's injured. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's, he's, yeah, he's limping and he's punching the wound and he's bleeding. So, and he's clearly not moving as fast and confidently and, and as organically as he was earlier, especially when he, but he's, they've also set up that he likes to toy with people. Like he was toying with Ray when she had the blaster. True. Um, yep. And he removes the force-sensitive one out of the equation, or so he thinks. Uh, I don't even know if he knows that they have the lightsaber, by the way, because it hasn't been mentioned at this stage. Yeah. Um, he doesn't identify it as his, his granddad's or his uncle's lightsaber, which I find interesting. Yeah. He just says that it's his. So. Um, and I think that he kind of relishes the opportunity to fight. I mean, obviously, as an audience, we want to see a lads of fight, so that's cool. But, like, for me, he wants to show this little traitor. Traitor, yeah. Wants to fucking teach him a lesson, a fucking painful lesson, as we see when he's kind of sticking in the hilt into his shoulder. And the way that he finishes him, like, getting him in the back, there's zero respect Yeah. in that fight. Even though Finn gets in, like, I think one hit on the shoulder. Um, yeah. He seems to be toying with him. Yeah, he just slices his back open, basically. Yeah, but like like everything else, he, he doesn't seem to be... Yeah, he gets like... Finn gets in one hit, which I thought was really poorly shot, to be honest. Because it, it's not an organic move thing. It's just like it just comes out of nowhere mm. type thing. And then he just sort of seems to get pissed with the fight and ends it really quick after that. But True. yeah, he, he, he is on top of that. Um, yeah. 
And even with uh, Ray, she looks awkward. Awkward as fuck. Holding the lightsaber. And I think, for me, a lot of what they tried to do at the end, where she says the Force, and that reminds her that she needs to channel into this new ability, um, is it's kind of trying to provide an explanation for why Luke was able to hold his own against Vader. Because uh, she fucking kicks the shit out of him after that. After she finds a Zan or... Yeah braces the force or whatever is able to see the future of the moves that he's going to make whatever the fuck happens um she is in control of that fight from that moment forward and she hasn't had any like she's she knows how to wield stuff but she hasn't clearly she just keeps you know thrusting yeah she's not you know she's they not, both she's do a really good job of fighting fucking awkwardly yeah like looking like they're garbage yeah yeah which i gotta be honest isn't terribly satisfying as a moviegoer so of course yeah spectacularly choreographed fucking lightsaber fight but uh from a narrative perspective makes yeah. sense and again you're you're hitting the the problem um and the intention so the intention of george lucas in the prequels to include not just jedi at their prime but sith lord opponents at their prime so and and recycling through them so, you know, Darth Maul and then Dooku and whatnot, uh, was, and, and then, who was the third one? Grievous. Yeah, or, Grievous. And, yeah. and then Anakin, ultimately, uh, was to have people who knew how to fight, because he was actually kind of embarrassed, if you look, listen to how he talks about the prequel fights versus the original trilogy fights. He said, you've never seen a proper lightsaber fight. You've seen a young boy versus an old, uh, sorry, a, a half machine versus an old man. You've seen a young boy versus that half machine. You haven't seen people in their prime mm. properly trained their whole lives to wield this weapon. And I thought that was interesting. And, and I think his intention was great, but his execution was poor because of what you just said. It, it didn't fit so well with the narrative. Like, you can have people with the most brilliantly choreographed fights, but if it, there's no emotional resonance, if there's... If you don't feel the stakes, if you don't want one of them to die desperately, like I wanted Tyler to die desperately, knew they wouldn't, but, you know, if you're not invested, if you don't want those people to survive or the other ones to die, you're not really going to care about it, no matter how spectacular it is. And I think the, the problem, the burden of Star Wars from the original trilogy, and bear in mind that the Obi-Wan versus Vader fight in New Hope is fucking garbage. It is legit terrible. Yep. Um... It is a couple of people who look like they've never trained and like they're just kind of yeah and they're doing circles around it. It's like and they're no, just you, doing this one. It's like you know primary school fight. No, you hit. You should. No, you. Oh, uh, 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 shit. Uh. You know, it's this really wanky, awkward, not powerful at all fight. Um, but you know, Empire and Jedi obviously improved on that, and they had a lot of great lines, and obviously the stakes were higher given that it was father versus son and all that. So again tying narrative into a fight scene is what doesn't make it just awesome if it's choreographed well, but it makes you feel yep. the power of what's going on. And I think they did, they delivered on the feeling of what's going on, but I don't think that they did well in terms of the fact that it was just a couple of shit cunts <laughs> throwing a lightsaber around at a guy who, if he wasn't injured, would have killed him in two or three minutes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I like, agree. I mean, I, yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, I think 
that and a lot of answers to the bigger questions um, are going to be held back for eight and nine. You know, like, does Finn have any kind of relatives of significance that we know? Yep. Does Ray? Uh, why did Luke? We want to hear from Luke. Why he ran away? Why he feels responsible? Mm-hmm. Um, where's Carl Katan? Uh, yeah, where's Mara Jade? Did he bang her to create <laughs> a? <laughs> But like we were talking about this before, I still think that she was trained at some stage early on. Right. Yes. You, was, you were saying this before. I. I don't know. I, I will. Maybe we should fucking bet this shit. Maybe we should put it down in the fucking spreadsheet, Luke. We should. So what do you reckon? you've got the moment at the start where she's saying she's waiting for someone to come back, right? Yep. And she's yep. dropped off. She's dropped off this planet. You see the the ship flying away, and then you have that moment uh, where she she's being interrogated, and Kylo Ren is like, "I can see an island. I can see blah blah blah." But you don't know if that's the future or the past. If it is the past, and that that could be that she has already been there previously and she was training at the Jedi Temple. Yep. Um, you know, maybe she only did it for three or four years or something. I, I don't know. And she's just forgotten about that for whatever reason. Maybe maybe she didn't forget about it uh, on purpose. Maybe it was forced upon her. Maybe uh, they've used some sort of fucking force magic to wipe her memory from that. I don't know. So that she's not, she can't be taken away. People don't know who she is. Um, yeah, and then what? Like, why? If she was, if she trained on Luke's island, mm-hmm. then it, within her mind, she would have had the answers to how to find Luke, which makes the entire plot of the Force Awakens redundant. Yeah, but then what if? Uh, how like, would they if, have known? No, what I'm saying, if that's a reveal later, then you just kind of like, huh. But what if they've, like, wiped her mind or, or something? I don't know. And she's just forgotten about They've made her forget about it so that she's not in harm's way. But she's always going to be in harm's way because she's Force-sensitive. Yeah. Like, Force users are supposed to be able to sense that, like, you know, Darth Vader, the Force is strong in this one. Like, the, the idea that when they're close to someone, they can sense that they have that power. Unless it sits dormant, which would help to explain the plot hole of why Vader never said that about Leia. Yeah. Hope, uh, and I think it's kind of maybe possibly the suggestion of the title in uh, Force Awakens is that, that it was dormant, and then it was dormant, and then there was a, ca- a series of events that. Well, I do it- specifically talk about how you can feel the awakening, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, I suppose that is exactly the case, unless they go on to reveal later that it's some sort of fucking misdirect. But, um, like, and so I think that is specifically like, if she is, if she has been, now uh, I want to make this bet first before I explain how Luke's wrong. And he backs out of the bet. <laughs> uh, what are we betting for Luke? Oh, I don't know. Go on. What give me something. Have? Give me something, buddy. For food. Food? Bar Luca Burger. Sure. Yeah? Alright. Okay, it's on. Um, so. Repellent Rich. Sure. Super. Yeah. He's super involved. He's super involved. Um, so, if she had been uh, 
Look, the only way that the title of The Force Awakens makes sense is if it turns out that Finn is Force-sensitive. Because otherwise, she would already be Force-adept. And, like, if she had been training with Luke and she'd already been to the island and it was a flashback in her mind, then um, she would already... The Force would already have been awakened. Yeah, but maybe it went to sleep. They, they, she went to sleep. The force went to sleep a bit. I was like, oh, okay. Like I said, they made her forget, or they've done something to her to keep her safe. Maybe, maybe. Because they're trying to kill the Jedi. Like you have to buy me a burger. That's my theory. But uh, there's going to be have to be a hell of an explanation. Yeah, that's that. Like Um, if it's his daughter, I wouldn't be surprised. Don't do that! Don't step on the keyboard. Oh my god. Yeah, but if it turned out to be his daughter or something, I I wouldn't be surprised at all, or if... The problem of it being his daughter is that you have to know the mother, right? We have to find it out. We find that out later. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, then that becomes a whole other thread that has to be unraveled. Which I guess doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it's like, I'm assuming we haven't met her. Like, she wasn't an extra in the background of... Right. The resistance headquarters yeah. so she has to have some significance for luke to have banged her not just to have created a uh, ray but to have then ditched <clears throat> ray when in my opinion in isolation and exile whatever the fuck he's doing he's in the best position to protect yeah like obi-wan did for him when he was growing up yeah yeah like he's gonna have to have the best explanation or flashback uh, because I think it's going to kind of put people offside against Luke. If that Who's, is the case, yes. If it's the case, yeah. If he's just like, yeah, look, I ditched you because um, the Empire or the new fucking First Order was hunting you and uh, I didn't want you to die. No. Uh, and they were chasing me, so I just dropped you off on a planet. I, I managed to hide myself perfectly. Yeah, I did okay on a shitty planet. Then again, I had my uncle and aunt looking out for me, but whatever. But you, uh, yeah, I figured you'd be okay. <laughs> but yeah, at, at the end of the day, uh, I didn't really want to take care of a little girl. So, uh, hey, dad's right. <laughs> now you're 18, Fuck. so... Woo! 18? What? what? 18? No, nothing. Luke, Luke's on board. Yeah, I'm in. Um, anyway... Yeah, where, where were we? Uh, then she... You were hitting on Ray. Um, oh, oh, yeah, come on. As her dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we just skipped to the end, didn't we? I mean, obviously, uh, Ray picks up the lightsaber, wins the fight with Kylo Ren to an extent. Uh, well, the Earth opens up to separate. To separate. Yeah, in the most convenient fashion ever. But you've got to let that go. To kill him, which shits me, because she kind of had those angry eyes going when she won. Yep. Which always seems to be the way that the good guys beat the bad guys in these situations. They get angry, and then they win. Yeah. That's true. Um, so, yeah, they kind of removed that option from her to, uh, to choose to spin. Oh, cat. Oh, cat. Patrick! What are you doing, cat? Oh, Interrupting Nate. I'm back. Sorry. Um, shut the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, yes, obviously they return. Uh, they 
don't really mourn Han's no, death. No funeral. Important <laughs> to anyone who watched that movie that Han's dead. Yeah. Uh, not, not, yeah, just not. Even if it was your first movie, it wasn't like it was an entertaining character. I mean, even Star Trek had a fucking funeral for Spock and shit. And Spock's a fucking robot. Like, fuck. Han Solo, JJ. Fucking pay attention, you motherfucker. And then... And then what's his face? Um, Finn is, like, asleep. And they're like, oh. Yeah, he's Neo at the end of Matrix Reloaded. He's comatose and useless. Nobody remembers Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, but, like, the point is, like... (laughs) It's so stupid. Yeah. Like, he, he, his role at the end of the film is to be a chump, to lie there. Yeah. And I get, like, and nobody, I don't think anyone believes that he's dead. No. So if he's not dead... Well, he specifically say he's got a heartbeat, so fucking, okay. Fuck, he has to I'm, wake at some point, whatever. And what damage was done to him? Is he crippled now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Does he lose his spine? Like maybe he gets a robot body. Yeah, Hot Wheels. What? We can call him Hot Wheels. Why? Because he can he can ride on the back of BB-8. Jesus <laughs> 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 Christ! Cat. Uh, cat was like, Pat was like, that's enough. You're bad <laughs> enough, Nathan. You're you out. Can't listen to this shit anymore. Fucking she out. cannot say that. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, obviously, um, Ray goes and visits Luke, which we talked about. He doesn't talk at all. Uh, Uh, no, no one tells her why she has to go. Yeah. No one. And Chewie and Ratu go with her. And leave her at the bottom. (laughs) And they park at the bottom of a fucking mountain, (laughs) despite being in a fucking spaceship. Even though we have seen the Millennium Falcon pick people up while it's floating in space. Very true. Uh, just dropped her off off the top. Yep. 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 She had to do some cardio. She yep. had to work for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, her stick got some got to work out. Her staff. Um, while she used it to help her up the fucking hill, which I hope is a reminder that she is adept with the staff so that she gets a Darth Maul fucking lightsaber. I hope that that's where they're going with it. I mean, if she doesn't get a Darth Maul lightsaber, I'll be fucking gutted. What if she gets two? Oh my God. What if Darth Maul comes back? And she takes his and just fucks people up with them. Her staff looks a lot like Darth Maul's lightsaber just longer, so... It does, yes. Um, does, does Darth Maul come back as one of those robot guys? Like which in, robot guys? In the Clone Wars. Yeah, he comes back as like a, as, as like yeah, a spider. Yeah, he does. He has a spider bottom half. It's fucking weird. And then he's crazy. And then eventually he gets better and gets waves. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are the Clone Wars canon? Apparently. Yep. Uh, sure. Uh, okay. Um, and then, yeah, the film ends. On a shit swipe. Um, so, you reckon it's Michael Bay-esque, but I reckon if Michael Bay were to direct it, they would start with uh, the low pan looking up 
at them and it'll pan around from uh, Ray's face to Luke's and then it would go to the overhead helicopter shot from long distance and then there would be an explosion and then there would be an explosion um, probably the Millennium Falcon all the way at the bottom of the mountain uh, so they barely notice it but still you be like what was that explosion and you're like uh, R2-D2 his battery uh, shouldn't have been sitting for so long without being used that's that's how batteries work so mm. no I just I just think that the the spinning camera thing at the end on the helicopter is it just looked like shit yeah um yeah I would have just preferred them to stand there for whatever 10 seconds holding the fucking saber out and then close up on him and then zoom in it just yeah. looked like balls with the spinning thing they did there didn't need to be a helicopter shot sure yeah and they needed to say something use your words yeah like it was so awkward because it just lingered for so long with her holding the lightsaber out and it's about damn time <laughs> it should have just been shit <laughs> or anything anything yeah fucking hi who are you <laughs> hi what do you want where did you get Wait. that lightsaber I've got another lightsaber you can hold <laughs> she got creepy and then it goes and then just zooms in I really needed that I haven't been able to shave my beard for 40 years uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am embarrassed that this is only 40 years worth of growth uh huh yeah <laughs> and then she's like oh no actually I bought you a Mac 5 and then it turns out the holes the whole movie was an ad Gillette oh <laughs> for Gillette it was <laughs> just a giant like ad he's contractually obliged to grow that beard yep yep and then <laughs> shave it off and then the entire credit sequence is him shaving and it's close up and he's like feeling his face <laughs> he's like this is the smoothest smoothest shave ever smooth <laughs> as a stormtrooper if you want the smoothest <laughs> shave in the galaxy <laughs> you I, Gillette Mac 5 Gillette the best a man can get the best a Jedi can get <laughs> you know what fuck it I hope that he's not in even I've been in the movies after this that's it like that that's all we get to see, just like whatever. Like, they were so disrespectful of how they handled Luke's appearance in that movie. That it's, well, not his beard, but the fact that he was in it for 10 seconds and just creepily stared at his first guest in decades. <clears throat> that it's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Just, just kill him off off screen. <laughs> Luke fell down the stairs and died. I prefer to think that Luke has been literally standing up there meditating for the last 40 years. And then just lets out a fart, like a 40-year fart. She wanders up, up the top of the stairs, and she's like, hey, I've got your fucking sword or whatever. And he turns around and is like, wait, what? Where have I been? And he's like completely vacant. And that's why he's staring. That's what I choose to believe in my brain. Yeah, he's still adjusting. It's like when... That's garbage. (laughs) Sorry, the alternative here is that he stares at her for two minutes trying to work out why she's thrusting the pointy end of a lightsaber at him. Yeah, so... uh, Maybe he'll turn into, like, the Pai Mei of Star Wars and, like, make her climb up those stairs 50,000 times in water. 
Oh, look out. Luke's got a new link. Yeah. The best part is what I like to think is that they've they've taken this photo and they do their cast reading. And then they get to the end and Mark Hamill is like, what? Are you fucking for real? I've been, <laughs> I've been here sitting here for hours. fucking four hours, you pricks. I've got nothing to say. <laughs> Why didn't I read ahead? <laughs> I could have done this on the fucking phone. Yeah. I didn't need to be here. I could have literally phoned it in. <laughs> Why is Chewbacca there? <laughs> yeah. And, and who... Oh, that's Poe. I was like, who the fuck is next to Finn? And that, is that Andy Serkis looking like he's a 90-year-old oh. yep. musician? Yes, it is. And there's Mark Hamill next to old man. Probably Max von Sydow. Who leaps up the first or something. two minutes of script reading. Yep. Fucking hell. Yep. Oh, and there's, there's R2-D2 in a box. Just yep. in case they need him to come out. Um, but yes. So, anyway, film ends. It, it did. I gotta be honest, I 9 out of 10 it. Classic joke. That is classic me, isn't it? No, I, uh, look. If if I could just bring myself to ignore the glaring scientific problems <laughs> and the obvious lack of uh, tax reforms, um, I'd probably go higher. But at the end of the day, uh, they don't really treat the internal economy of the Star Wars uh, galaxies with any respect. <laughs> and uh, the physics just don't hold up to my already significantly uh, high standards. So the the point where they he breaks out of hyperspace into the the ice planet. And oh yeah, like the timing on that's got to be fucking perfect. Otherwise, like, he ends up in a planet or or what's, not. What's what's smaller than nanoseconds? Because. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I feel like he's oh, not shit. he's not using the computer to do that. He's using the fucking handle on the thing to like yeah, pull yeah. it out. Anyway, he's pretty pro. I like to th- like what if what if uh, I like to imagine what if uh, Han Solo thinks he's the world's greatest pilot, but he's just got this fucking baller AI running the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And the Millennium yeah. Falcon's like doing all this shit, okay. and it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna fly close to this black hole so that we can do it in twelve parsecs instead of fucking fourteen. And uh, and hey, it's like, oh god, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like I, uh, I, I, I think I can, I think I can do this. Oh god. And yeah, he's like, well, we're gonna jump out of hyperspace while we're landing inside the planet, and the AI is like. Christ. I'm pretty sure I can manage this. And then it does. And, uh, yeah. Han, at no point, none of the toggles do anything. And, uh, yeah. um, yeah. Just to, to go back into the characters and whatnot, what did you guys actually think of Kylo Ren as a, as a villain? He sure was a character. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed his, like, the portrayal of his voice and how like the style of his helmet was caught kind of like a, a throwback to the Vader helmet. It had that kind of lip on it. Um, yeah. And yeah, he was very bany in terms of his voice, but you could understand what he was saying. Uh, and it still sounded menacing. And 
and that sort of stuff. I don't know if the reveal of taking his helmet off helped much at all. I don't. Um, I guess it humanizes him more, but... I suppose, but it didn't bring a lot to the table for me because of his goofy face. Um, he is. Yeah. No, there's a lot going on with his face as goofy, but uh, it's basically just his face is too big. And I know a little bit about having a face that's too big because I've got too big a face and my ears are kind of big. But, uh, like... He's ridiculous. Uh, he looks like some sort of alien. And um, I thought he was decent. Like, I thought the concept of him being like this, uh, I don't know, this man obsessed with Darth Vader, I thought they conveyed it really well. And him being erratic and irrational and sort of evil by way of... I don't know. I don't know if it's borderline immaturity, but also borderline insanity. I thought they they did a really good job there because it means he's not terribly imposing. He's not Darth Vader level imposing, hmm. and he seems beatable, uh, and that creates a greater threat in Snoke. You yeah, know. well, we don't see the big bat, do we? We see the yeah. apprentice, and then we see Stoke, who is just a giant baby. Um, and Andy Circus goes to waste, I guess. <laughs> sure. By sitting in a chair the entire yep. movie. Yeah. The mocap maestro doesn't do much in the way of mocap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, I thought he was good. I thought, like... I don't know. I thought if any character was wasted, uh, it was Poe. Because I I never really got a chance. I never felt that I got a chance to become attached to him. And yet, at the same time, uh, if he was our, yeah, Han analog, I don't think that I ever could have become attached to him while Han was in the picture. And eliminating Han from the picture was too devastating to give him any chance to establish himself, you know? I don't know. That's how I feel. Yeah, I think, like, it, w- it was good to see a villain who kind of wasn't at the peak. Um, and, and in terms of the whole Force mythology, was one who was struggling with yeah. the allure of the light side, which is not something that's ever really explicitly admitted to. By characters, like Luke talked about the conflict that he sensed in Vader, but Vader wouldn't admit to it. <clears throat> and that kind of made you think whether it was there or not, whereas Kylo was very kind of apologetic to the Vader helmet about the fact that he felt the pull to be good. Yep. Which I thought was like a, a little bit of a different take on it. Um, and obviously with the, the Han Solo kill, it makes him the biggest dickhead in the galaxy, and now I just hope he dies in fire. But Yep. That's good because I hate him. Like, they made me hate him. Yeah. And uh, they also, before they made me hate him, feel kind of like, not sorry for him, but just kind of, yeah, that he was a bit more three-dimensional than your average mustache twirling. Or at yeah. least the uh, the Lucas prequel takes on his villains, which were very one-dimensional. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there was no layer. There wasn't anything really going on behind what you saw and what you saw with what you got. So... It was good to see a conflicted villain <coughs> who mm-hmm. kind of 
almost understood that by exploring the potential of his power with the dark side that he would kind of have to reconcile that she had started out good and that that was still a part of Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting setup and, and uh, at the end, Snoke sort of mentions that he's going to finish off his training, uh, which ties into kind of also what Han was talking about, that Snoke's using you and mm. it's going to destroy you. And I think that Kylo kind of agree with that because I can see that you agree with whatever he's been saying to him, but yeah, I thought I it would I, have been really powerful at that moment, to be honest. Uh, I, like, it completely 100% depends on where they're going to take the character, but it would have been super powerful uh, if we'd seen a turn from Kylo when Han was saying that Snoke is going to destroy you. He's going to use you up and then destroy you. If, if Kylo had said, what if I plan on using him and destroying him first to sort of turn it back and then give us a glimpse at a at the greater power that he could become. Because while I very much appreciate Kylo as uh, the character that he is, which is, like I said, immature and irrational and possibly insane, um, if... Uh, I, I suppose I don't feel like he has a lot of potential. Like, he doesn't have potential beyond what he is. Obviously, training might grow him, but as it stands, he's already sort of exceeded what I expect from an evil character. He's already done. He's already committed the fucking foulest act that he could in killing Han. And so I don't know where the fuck he goes from here. And so, yeah, if at the level he was in The Force Awakens, if that's where he starts, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know where he takes it, you know? Well, I think it was more like, for me, uh, it was that he's not even fully formed, yep. that he was going through his own trials, that he had to kind of quite literally sever ties with his family. Uh, right, the, the Sith sort of concept. Of yeah, well, like killing the old self completely. Yeah, and and in killing Han, I think that was how he did it. Like, yep. He's like, I am, I am this bad guy. I have moved past being redeemable, mm. and I have fully embraced that I'm going to be bad. And then he kind of got you know shot and bit fucked up in the lightsaber fight. But the the fact that Snoke mentioned that, all right, I've been holding back some shit. Now I'm going to fully properly train him. It's like. Even though we've seen him do some pretty impressive stuff with the Force, yeah, on in the film, we haven't even seen his full potential, mm. and it's good because Ray seemed to be a stronger uh, Force user, even at her default untrained state. Than yeah, Tyler. yeah. So, so when I say potential, sorry, I specifically mean villainous potential, not. Uh, power potential. Well, I think if you go either way, I think it, it means that if he is able and, and Disney certainly is willing to kill off beloved characters, that it means that any time he's alone with someone that we care about, that they could potentially be next. True. Uh, that's how I'm interpreting it, and I honestly see him as a threat. More than Snoke or Hux or Phasma, if she's still alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's certainly, in my mind, the biggest threat because um, Snoke was still kind of really behind the scenes. Yeah. 
pulling strings, yes, but don't even know what his... He didn't exercise his power. Yeah. So we know that people report to him and that people are kind of scared of him, but we haven't seen why. So for me, I'm just kind of like, he, he's not the threat yet, but he could be. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, no, I'm looking... I'm looking forward to see, seeing how he bounces back after he's killed his dad, whether there is remorse, and also after getting beaten by Ray, mm. whether, you know, there's, there's more tanties or whether he, he's matured in the next one. Um, yeah, how he, how he responds. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's it, uh, you hear that? <laughs> yeah. So, I guess that's about it, hey. Yeah. Nah, let's go for another couple of hours. It's really big in. For the uh, hour-long podcast that we planned. (laughs) Dear God. We've gone a typical gap amount of time on this shit. Two and a half hours-ish. So's your... (laughs) Nah, I think it's worth it. Hmm. Uh, It was really good to talk it out with you guys, to be honest. Um, because we already spent seven hours today talking about it, but <laughs> like recorded another three. Yeah, I, th- I think you guys were fucking holding back earlier, you motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> um, I loved, I loved the film. Um, like I said, yeah, I cried multiple times. Uh, I was, you know. It, Look, at the end of the day, I definitely agree that it was fan service. Mm. Um, but it was fan service that I think I needed. I needed it to believe in the concept again because, fuck it, we've all been hurt before, right? Like, fucking three times in a row. So I needed someone to come in and prove... That they that that this trilogy, this next trilogy, understands what Star Wars is supposed to be about, and I think they gave it to us. Ultimately, um, I don't think it was on JJ. I don't think it was on anyone in particular necessarily. I mean, the script was it had holes here and there, but uh, it was tight. It felt. Like, there was no point where that movie felt like it went for more than fucking an hour and a half. Like, it just fucking powered on. I do know that, uh, actually, yeah, the start of the film maybe drags a little if we're going to talk about points where it doesn't fucking power. I know you were saying, Nate, that on your third watch that you might have drifted off to sleep. <laughs> Well, that was more because of three hours sleep last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting up for six hours. Um, I was, uh, I felt my eyes closing a couple of times during the uh, longer sequences in the deserts. Yeah, the establishing stuff array is, is a bit slower, and I think that's deliberate, but yeah. after they get off the planet, it's breakneck. Uh-huh. It doesn't slow down until the end credits. Yeah, and you don't expect the next one to... I mean, they've established characters and whatnot. They need to do that. The next one's probably not going to do that at all. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean... Yeah, I absolutely loved it. 
it was everything I needed it to be. And, uh, yeah, like, I'm fucking gutted at some of the things they did, but uh, hmm. I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, uh, I guess one thing we talked about was the, the score was something that wasn't really extremely yeah. memorable. It was, it was quite basic. Like, it was Star Wars-y, but not... It, it didn't have the impact that, uh, like, Episode 1 had. Yeah. Which is... I mean, if it's if, like a classic soundtrack, right? <laughs> like episode one, episode one has just like nothing else redeemable about it except for utterly iconic music. The jewel of jewel of oh, fates, and well, the jewel that it's attached yeah. to, I suppose. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but um. Yeah, there wasn't like there were there were stings, musical stings, uh, musical moments in um, like throwbacks. Force, yeah. Force Awakens. No, not even throwbacks. Just moments that I thought were like independent of the other films, uh, where I specifically noticed that they were independent. I thought, hey, that's I, I like it. I I feel like I've it feels familiar. I'm not sure how, but it's really well done. Um, I couldn't hum it for you, though, right? It's not iconic. It's not, like, fucking... It's not everything the way fucking Jewel of Fates or fucking Imperial March or uh, the other... Any of the other fucking classics are, you know? And, yeah, I suppose that is... I think that's a negative. I one think area that where it's yeah well when you're dealing with star wars when you're dealing with john williams that mm. to say that his work was average or serviceable is a negative because yep. we expect more mm. um and especially given that i'm pretty sure 95 percent of the music was new like there were some familiar you know themes for layer and, and whatnot um and certainly the opening crawl had very familiar music but outside of that, it, it all sounded new, but there was, yeah, like I didn't walk out humming or or having that urge to go and find a particular track like I usually do after I've seen a movie, uh, a movie with a particularly powerful classical piece of music in it. Um, yeah, and having heard it three times now, I can remember <clears throat> a bit of one track at the end, and that's it. That was us afterwards. <laughs> all of the music that I can recall from it, is uh, <laughs> uh, is uh, like parts where they specifically drew from pr- the previous films. Yeah. Like they drew very fucking heavily and deliberately. And so, yeah. Hmm. Was that um? Right, right at the end, which is kind of like the last bit that I remember, which is yeah. new. But then it kind of goes into a bit of sort of ominous, ominous tones. And all. Um, yeah, for me, you say 9 out of 10, I'm thinking in stars. I would probably give it 3.5 or 4 sure. or 5 stars. Um, I think that it, it's a little too safe, a little too by the numbers, um, uh, which is bad because I would have loved to have seen the blank check, blank script, free reign story that JJ could have told sure in that space because of you know um after the disappointments of the prequels what i loved about 
Force Unleashed was that it showed me that there was still very much poignant stories to be told in the Star Wars universe. I mean, not that I doubted it to the extent that I thought that Star Wars was dead to me, but certainly the prequels made me wonder whether it was possible to repeat that magic. But yeah, as, as repetitive as the gameplay was in that game, holy fuck, the stories and the twists and turns of that, and the fact that it was canon for a while there, hmm. before yeah. Disney decided to change that. Like, well, Starkiller was the name of the... Yeah, character. but like the fact <laughs> that the Empire forms the rebellion to lure out the traitors is just like genius um and totally makes sense and also backwise on them so great but yeah i would have loved to have seen a bit more free reign but considering the amount of fan service that was in there and the familiarity and yet still doing stuff that felt different i think that it's it did what it's the only thing that was essential that it had to achieve or two things was that it was better than the prequels uh, and that it set a new standard for what we can expect for what comes next not just in terms of the core episodes but also from spin-off movies that will be filling in every other year Uh, and that it's made me excited about Star Wars again it's made me feel like I don't have to go and read spoilers to check whether they're on track and be disappointed as I have ever since the fuck up of episode one um, so yeah, it's, it's gotten me right back and, and the feelings, you know, like going in and, and feeling exactly what you can tell the filmmakers trying to make you feel the sense of awe or spectacle during the, the fight sequences, the laughing during the, the comedic beats, most of the vast majority of which are supremely effective. And there's a lot of them, <laughs> a, yeah. lot of, a lot more comedy in this. I, I for, it's one of means a comedy, but like, it doesn't feel out of place. It feels organic. It feels right for the characters. And, it, and it's, it's kind of fun. Like it, it's the sense of fun and, and just pulling you into a story that after you get off Jakku is just, yeah, moves at an incredible, incredible rate of knots, except for the Maz Katana. Yeah. Her name is bullshit. That aside, it, it's, yeah, like from when you get off Jakku to the end credits, it's pretty nonstop in terms of spectacle and entertainment. And you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. So very positive uh, overall feeling, but, but yeah, would have, we'll endlessly nitpick little things. Um, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but in terms of what we ranked earlier at the bar, I think it still isn't. Uh, doesn't crack the top three for me, which would be the original trilogy. Um, but it certainly sits heads and shoulders more above the disappointments of the prequels. And uh, I think sets the scene for an episode eight and nine that have the potential hmm. to to become better than A New Hope or Jedi or, dare I say it, even possibly Empire. Yeah, because now they've kind of they've set the scene. They can kind of go off in their own direction now. They're not, they're not tied to having to do fan service by introducing all these old characters. Yep. They've and... proven themselves, right? Yeah, but the thing is, like, can can Ryan Johnson do that? Will he pull it off? Because he's writing it, directing it. Um, I think so. I think he's writing the next two. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Which I think is good as well. That, you know, because Lawrence Kasdan, who mm-hmm. wrote co-wrote uh, Force Awakens also wrote Empire and Jedi so yep. it's good that they're kind of keeping it the sequels which is what they did with the originals you know Lucas wrote A New Hope and then gave it to <clears throat> other uh, people yeah. 
yeah, other people. And I'm not to say like Lawrence Kasdan, I would love to hear that he's back, but he's sort of retiring after he finished the Han Solo film that he's drafting with his son. Um, or he's retiring from Star Wars, I should say. Yeah. But I hope they get him in to at least have a look at him. I can't see why they wouldn't, but JJ is still involved. Yeah, he'd be um, producing. As a producer. So they've got all the right talent. And, and Disney, uh, and certainly more than anyone, Kathleen Kennedy, the new head of Lucasfilm, mm. Lucas left, has just said and shown all the right things. You know, a commitment to storytelling and characters above anything else. The fact that special effects are very secondary, that practical effects are more timeless than CG and... Yeah, real environments. And I think that not just that it looks better on screen, but that you get better performances because these characters aren't just working up against... They're not using their imagination. They're actually involved with things that they can see and touch and play with and move around, you know. There's a, the tangibility, I think, adds to the to them believing that they're part of the world, which in turn makes us believe that they're part of the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, psyched. So I can see what comes next, despite the fact that I didn't get it. A year, year and a half, we gotta wait. Yeah, but then I think after the... Oh, actually, that'll be in May, won't it? Yeah, it's a year in May 2017. Yeah, they're gonna start resetting Star Wars films to May in December after Road 1. Yeah, because they've started filming that one. Oh. In January. Yeah. Script's done, which is yeah. the most important thing, I think, the most concerning thing for me with The Force Awakens. Um, and they did delay it a bit, by the way, to get the script right was that they'd set a date before they had um, finished the script, which is always concerning, because you're like... they got to rush things, or... Yeah, and the power of what if. Like, if we go in and there's some garbage bits, what if they'd had the extra five months, I think, because he wanted to do May uh, 2016 or whatever. If they had the extra time, what could have happened, you know? Five months more on scripting. Like, it's a significant time to nut some shit out and maybe, you know tighten up the bits that we've kind of complained about but there was also that uh, news that Harrison broke his leg or something on set and they had to shuffle that around I didn't think that was a big deal until obviously seeing it and he's such like he's in it a lot yeah he's in like from act two onwards like he's the main character basically as soon as he appears yeah he's in it right up until he disappears Uh I I just think it'd be like a cameo or something or he'd be in it for a couple minutes and gone but (laughs) no Yeah, I love I love Department Plate and I think that helps to sell the the emotion that they wanted to evoke from his departure. Yeah. Alright, anything else to add? No. We good. No, no, no. That's that's the wrong wrong franchise. <laughs> yep. Well. Uh, how many more times are you gonna go see Nathan? Before it's out of Zero. I hope. Zero. You done? I think Katie wants me to see it again, but I, I'm, I'm done. Dolby Atmos? Maybe. Maybe. I could be convinced to do Dolby on Atmos. On cheap tickets. Not yet. Yes. Not, on, uh, not in 3D. I don't, Atmos. I don't think we'll That's about opportunity. it. VMAX Dolby I don't know Atmos. Mm. I think they're going to keep it 3D in Dreamax for as long as they can to make this money, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, last thing on my part, uh, go and see it in IMAX. Holy fuck. Uh, I did one scene. I, but no, regardless. 
one. Regardless of how many scenes, uh, it's just... I mean, if we're going to talk about big screen cinema fucking films, this is a big screen cinema film. And it's one of those points that I always think about when I'm recommending people go to the cinema for something as opposed to waiting. But uh, if you're going to see it, see it on the biggest fucking screen possible. It is just, it's overwhelming in all the best ways. Uh, So if you haven't watched it on IMAX and you are intending to see it again, go back and make sure it's on IMAX. Don't go see it in a fucking regular cinema. Um, I just, I realized 90% of the way through that, that if someone has listened to all of this, then hopefully they've already seen the fucking film. (laughs) This isn't the first time they're like, oh, maybe I should go see this. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I should go see this movie that is shorter than this fucking podcast about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just checked. It was one scene. I, for some reason, I thought it was two. Well, you don't. That's, that's what happens. Um, yeah, I, I just felt like they got thrown money to get people in there. And they were like, all right, we'll film one scene in. Sure. Three and also they're going to make more money because people have to pay more for our next ticket. So yeah. everyone fucking... Our cinema was packed at six in the morning. Yeah, well, Star Wars is about the only thing that could do that, right? There was cheers, people cheering, clapping. Fights. A few fights broke out. Was there a fight, was there? No. Nah. Who were you punching? You. Why? The Force. We'll just use the force. How good is that line? That's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not how it works. Uh, all right. Should we wrap that's it all, up there? Let's wrap it up. Yes. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Nathan, for joining us. Skyping yes. us after yep. having a lot of drinks today. Yeah, Any I'm so drinks. We, fucked. We, thanks, guys. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, oh shit. Uh, as always, you can find us on uh, the gapodcast.com. Dot com. Com? Got in your ass. My cat is like, what? <laughs> um, or uh, facebook.com slash gapodcast. We're on iTunes, Twitter, uh, all those fun places. Uh, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Joe Job is... Joby Jojo. Nathan, you're on there sometimes, not really, maybe. Nachos, no? Nachos Justice, yes. Uh, don't expect to see much from me, but, you know, if you ping me, I'll probably reply because it's going to be better. Are you not going to post Star Wars spoilers for next week just to see <laughs> so who can piss off? Yeah. I'm going to post my emotional reaction to it, Joey. Ah, good plan. Your emotional reaction? In jokes. I don't get it. Anyway, uh... Thanks, everyone, for listening. You should email us and tell us what you thought of the Star Warses. I'd very much like to hear what other people have to say about Star Wars. Is Rey a Jedi or is she not? Uh, Was she a Jedi beforehand? What are your theories? Uh, what about um, Finn? Is Finn Force-sensitive? Who, who and are it, Finn's parents? Does he have parents? Is he is he genetically born uh, in a laboratory? Like, what's he doing? Finn like Finn. Our um our robot sentience. Yep. Um is light is fast than light travel capable for waves in no. the uh, Don't email us email. How does, Neil how does the um internal economy of uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens exactly work? Because the uh 
the first order seems to have a lot of money and uh, I'm not really sure what they're doing with it except for converting planets into star killers and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me wouldn't there be more efficient ways to spend their money have you guys explored this I'm please t- email I'm me turning your mic off Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you tracked this joke on too long do do droid stream oh shit anyway uh, thanks again peace out homies see you later bye bye bye